Jesus said, Behold, I come quickly. 2,000 years ago, his words came to pass. AD 70, Jerusalem surrounded by armies. The temple destroyed. Sacrifices ceased. The end of the age. So where are we at on the prophetic timeline of history? Jesus said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. And that we have been made kings and priests to reign here on earth. The, the Revelation, Revelation Red Pill, the, the kingdom, kingdom of God, God is now. For, for yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. Red Pill, we've got, Ooh. I don't know what happened, Corey and Jay switched spots, so I'm going to move their name tags here. Oh, that's funny. Oh, I just shrunk Jason's name tag. Welcome back to Revelation Red Pill. Wednesday night, we've got Jason Heidinger in the house, Corey Ooh. Gray in the house, Resistance Chicks in the house. So if you've been tuning in on the Kingdom Roundtable, you, you had a little be. behind the scenes, because I pressed go live earlier, so we had a really nice long conversation about the Breakaway Kingdom Hubs event they did this past weekend and Corey Gray's message that he's going to give us tonight and my B. So if you miss, you're not tuning in to Revelate, or excuse me, to the Kingdom Roundtable. You're missing out. You're missing out. So why are we live here on the Kingdom Roundtable, Leah? Because they're doing an amazing event with Glenn Beck, David Barton, Michelle Bachum tonight in uh, Jamestown, Virginia. They're doing the Restoring the Covenant there, 1607, and they are using our live stream. <laughs> they are. Amongst many others, Amongst, actually. Yeah. I was really impressed. They had like 11,000 people this afternoon watching, not watching live, but had, had seen it on CloudHub. So awesome. Of all platforms. Praise so, God. All right, so here's the deal, guys. When we talk about the kingdom message, that's, for all intents and purposes, I think that that's our, all of our collective favorite word for whatever this is it's the kingdom message we stole that from Corey gray not really but i stole it from jesus he did exactly <laughs> we, talk, we talk about the kingdom stole it. <laughs> the kingdom message we have to we really have to bring truth to modern end times theory which we've been doing we really have to bring to light the scriptures that show us through daniel and matthew and ezekiel and revelation what happened in the transition from the old covenant to the new that's what revelation red pill academy does the kingdom roundtable does a lot of that plus some other things and so we wanted to bring kind of the kingdom roundtable flavor to the revelation red pill academy where we talk about the promises of abraham so okay guys we've got this message we've been tuning in to you guys for nine weeks we get it we get what's going on. Now we get that we we're do? supposed to advance the kingdom. How we get we that we, we, uh, we, uh, we're invading the planet. We own the planet. We take dominion over the planet. But now, what do we do with that? Yeah. And so Leah came up with a, a kind of clickbaity title, but not really, because it's really, really true. In modern end times theory, one of the biggest things that you don't know you're being taught is that the promises of Abraham are, especially I should say with dispensationalism, are exclusively for the Jews. Yeah, and for the land of Israel. That's unbiblical. Yeah, so I don't know which title you went with, but I had to. Destroying the myth that God's land promises are only for the Jews in Israel or... Are the land promises just for Israel? No, the whole earth is blessed under Christ. And I want to just kind of start a little bit before we dive into um, what is true. Well, I want to do a little bit of remind, reminding you of what you've been taught, okay, to kind of 
so we can counterbalance that. And I'm so excited that Corey and Jason are here to help me do that. So first of all, Romans 4.13, for the promise of Abraham uh, uh, or to his descendants that would be heir of the world was not through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Really interesting. I wonder what that has to do with the nation of Israel. Uh, Matthew 21, 43, therefore I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you. Seems pretty intense there. And given to a people who will produce its fruit. Are we talking about replacement theology that, you know, it's just the Gentiles now? No. We're it's talking everybody. about a, an everybody type thing. So in this episode, we will set out to destroy the myth that God's land promises... Uh, Little G, didn't even fix that. I did fix it. Are only for modern Jews in the nation of Israel. Modern end times theology is destructive to God's creation. It teaches that the world must get worse and worse before Jesus comes back and that the land promises and blessings of Abraham are just for the Jews and just for the nation state of Israel. This ideology has given evil men free reign to destroy God's beautiful creation and fill it with high rises, pollute its rivers and waterways and stuff humans into suffocating cities because, hey, God's going to destroy the earth anyways, and it'll just be fine. We don't have to do anything to fix it. Christians need to reclaim the land promises of God, and then the Almighty can once again bless the nations. When God took the children of Israel into the promised land, they were experiencing the fulfillment of God's covenant to Abraham. Deuteronomy 28 lists all the blessings God would bestow upon his people. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow his commands, I will give you today the Lord your God will set you on high above all the nations of the earth. God promised that they would be blessed wherever they went, the fruit of their womb, their livestock, abundant food, victory over their enemies, and so much more. However, the prophets foresaw a day when Israel would break that covenant and God would create a new covenant or a restored covenant that would be for the entire world to partake in. What happened to those land covenant promises? Modern end times theory says that they are just for the Jews and that the land to be blessed is only Israel. But nothing could be further from the truth. Those promises are for the whole planet to be restored for all of God's people to enter into today. So, Corey Jason, when you discuss, uh, when you're trying to red pill people on the end times, do you get some pushback from people saying that, you know, those are for, that's for Israel, that's for the Jews, what are you, you're doing replacement theology type stuff? I actually haven't. Nope. What about you, Jason? I have, and it led me to study, you know, this, like, where Paul talks about the new and better covenant and all these things, because some people have come, well, what about the Jewish nation? What about the Jewish people? And uh, I guess me, as me and Serge have talked through it, what I see is, like, he he made a covenant, but then he said, let, let, it goes to the whole earth. He never... It's, for me, I think it's in Galatians. He says there's no longer Jew or Gentile, male or female. What he's doing is doing away with the vision and saying, I came for the whole world. Mm -hmm. And here's the covenant for the whole world. It's not a replacement. It's an expansion of saying it's for everybody. Yes. You know, so a lot of people, because when people brought up the replacement thing, I'm like, as I studied it, it's an expansion to cover the whole earth. Mm -hmm. Because it's, it's the restoration of all things. And it's yes. not just for one group. We've done it away with groups. We've done it away with separation and division and said, here, this is what I've done for all. And yeah. so that's what my, in the short, what my studies led to on that subject. Well, what are some of the, the arguments that you get? Do you get, have you had some back and forth with people on this? Jason? Uh, I mean, a little bit. It just easily, 
if I if something I, when they first came to me, it was something I hadn't really studied. I just knew the kingdom message, and so I, it was more I went and studied privately. Right, and right, that's right. just you know, it's one of those. You guys know I'm not a big on Facebook and social media world where I just don't engage in that realm. So, right. and that's usually where it happens. They, you know, when you sit down face to face with people, it's usually a whole different conversation. So, um, I haven't had a lot of it where. It was argumentative. It was just like, right. hey, have you thought of this? And go right. study it. And then we uh-huh. went back in a mutual respect and honor thing. Oh, that's awesome. You know, and and you know, that's actually kind of interesting that you should say that and that, you, Corey, you should say that you really didn't have any uh, discussion with it because it's the theology that permeates pretty much all of evangelical teaching. Uh, it actually permeates... Um, Republican policy. Yeah, it you hear it almost every day. Uh, we will never turn our back on Israel. Uh, those who bless Israel will be blessed. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> you had Ronald Reagan was a dispensationalist who believed that if if he blessed Israel, then America would be blessed and he would be blessed. So was George Bush. Um, there it's, it has a lot of ramifications and it goes beyond just, you know, the nation of Israel. I'll go, I'll, I'm going to go over a little bit what dispensationalists teach. And it's, there's two different ideologies, it's not just dispensationalists, um, but premillennialists. So I'm going to read this. This is the, I'm going to read this from just a website that kind of goes over and explains, uh, the kind of the end time deal let's see where we're going to start he says god's god's promise to abraham genesis 12 1 through 3 and the lord said to abraham leave your country your relatives your father's home and go to a land that i'm going to show you i will give you many descendants and they will become a great nation i will bless you and make your name famous so that you will be a blessing i'll bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you and through you i will bless all the nations 1 Peter 2, 7 through 10. Now to you who believe, the stone is precious, but to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone that causes the people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also, and I'm actually reading my scriptures first to get you guys, I'm not reading their scriptures. Um, they stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. God's special possession. Now you're going to see when dispensationalists talk or, or the end time modern uh, people talk, they say that Israel is God's special. Wait a minute. Special possession. You listen to the words here that Peter uses. You're a holy nation. Israel used to be call, called the holy nation. You're a, God's special possession. Israel used to be called um, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into wonderful light. Once you were not a people, once you were not Israelites, you were not Jews, you didn't have the promise, but now you are a people of God and the modern dispensationalism, the modern premillennialism differentiates two, almost to two covenants. One where the land promises of Abraham continue on just to the descendants of Abraham. We talked about this before, and now it's just to Jews. And I'm not exactly sure how we went from the 12 tribes to just one tribe, but that's another story. Um, shouldn't the rest of the tribes be able to receive this <laughs> blessing as well? 
Um, the Bible is exceedingly clear. Christians are the seed of Abraham. So in Christ, you are all children of God through faith for all. You're all children of God. You see, the children of God have these promises. They have promises from Genesis to Revelation. You are, you're, you're, you're brought in. Okay. For all of you uh, were baptized into Christ and have been, have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all in one in Christ. You belong to Christ. Then you are Abraham's seed. Now, premillennialism. In keeping with premillennialism's method of consistent historical grammatical interpretation, this is them speaking, the covenants of promise, and they get a, they use Ephesians 2.12, that is the biblical covenants, the Abrahamic, the land, the Davidic, and the new covenant, which demonstrates God working in history through a chosen people find ultimate fulfillment with national Israel. Only premillennialism guarantees, because I guess you can, your belief system can guarantee something, guarantees that promise and fulfillment for national Israel involve the same people, and I love how they put in parentheses the Jews. Okay, what happened to the other 11 tribes? And the same place, the land of Israel, and on the same terms, the physical and spiritual restoration. The author goes on, without a millennium, God would break an unconditional land promise to Abraham. And he uses Genesis 13, 15, and 17. And an unconditional throne promise to David, Psalm 89, 2 Samuel 7. With a millennium, national Israel re returns to its land forever because all the Jews are going to fit there. And King David, through David's greater son, the Messiah, will continue the eternal throne of promise. Jesus himself is going to sit in Israel and reign. This Which, wait, just pause, slow down. That's exactly what the Jews, like Peter and, and you know, I don't remember who it was. They're like, hey, are we going to really have this? They just really expected a physical fulfillment. And Jesus kept telling them. The kingdom of God is not what you think. It's not going to come the way that you right. think it's going to come. And yet this is saying, actually, no, the disciples were right and Jesus was wrong. He just was, it's just for later. Yeah. The this fulfillment occurs in the millennium after Christ's return. When it regenerates, this is what they believe. So this is what you, this is what you, we have all grown up being taught. Okay. When a regenerate national Israel comes under the provisions of the new covenant, and they use Jeremiah 33. Any other views violate the literal fulfillment of these covenants by applying them to the church because we're separate. All right. Wow. That's pretty messed okay. up. And Any then, other views are wrong is pretty much. That's exactly this what is saying. what 90, what Jason, isn't this what everybody pretty much teaches in the evangelical world? But they don't teach the details because if they did teach the details, then what people about, would do what Corey's doing. The, what about all the prophets, Hosea, like, Paul, all they're all talking about we're now all one we're grafted in so doesn't matter i guess they don't read that part doesn't it doesn't matter you don't understand the abrahamic covenant d defies oh that and oh g and and david's throne has to be literal in israel and jesus will sit on it like i see jesus sitting if physically That's what they see i mean like i'm looking at you guys like physically, physically. sitting in yes. jerusalem that's what they believe that's what they see that's what we've been taught I was taught that um, any other view violates the literal fulfillment of these covenants by applying them to the church and thereby, thereby denying God's future plan for Israel at the time of its national repentance, which will happen in the future. Since God must be faithful to fulfill his everlasting covenants because those were everlasting covenants. Now, remember, you know what else I was researching today? You know what else he calls everlasting covenants? What? 
Um, circumcision is an everlasting covenant. Get out. I don't know. We're all stuck. What the heck does that mean? Um, these guys, if they're not circumcised, you know, you got to work on that. He must fulfill them with Abraham's descendants despite their <laughs> sin. <laughs> it's an everlasting covenant. That's No, the point is, is that what does he mean by everlasting covenant with Abraham? Right. It means it doesn't go anywhere. So it transferred. Circumcision is now circumcision of the heart. Come on. Israel is now Israel of the heart. Right. It, it never went anywhere. It's still eternal. Right. Just like our dead bodies. Right. So far, God has not fulfilled these covenants. This is what the premillennials say. For national Israel. And they use Isaiah 60, 62, and Romans 9. Doing so must take place during Christ's coming kingdom. Because he's not reigning now, really, all the way. Christ himself said fulfillment would come in the regeneration. A term for the millennium. They now say the regeneration is the term for a thousand years. Okay, they have put that together. That's what they do. When the Son of Man sits upon his throne in glory, they take Matthew 19, 28. Like he's not sitting there now. Even the apostles understood the fulfillment had not happened in their day. Boom, boom. You're right. It didn't happen. It's finished in AD 70. Who is the nation of Israel to whom God would make a promise in Jeremiah 31? Jesus gives us a clear indication. Now, this is what I'm saying. Matthew 21, 43. Therefore, I say unto you, the kingdom of God shall be taken from you and given to a nation bringing forth fruit. We do not have to look too far to discover which nation that is. It is the church, the church of Jesus Christ, made up believing, made up of believing Jews and Gentiles who are the seed of Abraham. One more thing must be noticed in Jeremiah 31. The promise of the new covenant is made to the house of Judah and to the house of Israel. In this covenant with the house of Israel, God will put his law in their inward parts and write it on their hearts and be their God and they shall be his people. Moreover, God promises to the same house of Israel, I will forgive their iniquity and remember their sin no more. How is this new covenant promise fulfilled into whom? The answer is found in Hebrews 8. This covenant has nothing to do with the house of Israel as a distinct entity. So there are many more um, kind of, you guys can do your own research on what the premillennialists believe and how that they have propped up the nation of Israel. They have obsessed over this land. Whereas um, Abraham, not even that fruitful. Abraham was, Abraham was promised that in his seed, all the nations will be blessed. And now Corey and Jason, you guys can come in and we want to take this, um, this episode to discuss the land. Like specifically the land, because Christians of today do a poor job and they separate all the Old Testament promises, Deuteronomy 8, and we'll read that, and Deuteronomy 28. And where do they go? They're like in the ether waiting for Israel to come back to Christ. All right, so let me mop up what you just threw down. Because I have never um, thought that is a logical pathway of believing that it's, it's only not. for the Jew. Because I'm like, man, you guys not read it, you know. Anyway, so I think people need to stop trying to fit in camps, in boxes that, you know, pre-trib, post-trib, a millennial. Like, what is the word saying? You know, we got we got to figure it out and read it and, and realize what is it saying, not what does it say 
right? Not what's this scripture, that scripture, let's glue a bunch of stuff together. How can we comprehend the story, right? And so that's, first, let me share these two parts real quick, because I want to mop up with a few scriptures about this circumcision thing, because they said Ephesians 1, 12, right? But then if you read 13, it says, but, right? So it's kind of like no one is righteous, no, not one. And, you know, and then you don't read that, but now we have been made the righteousness of God through yeah. Christ Jesus. So people will claim no one is righteous. Well, that was old covenant. But now, you know, when there's a but now, that means but now, mm -hmm. right? I, I don't have to explain that. My seven-year-old could understand that. Um, so listen real quick, Ephesians 2, 11. So then remember that at one time you Gentiles by birth called the uncircumcision by those who are called the circumcision, a physical circumcision made in the flesh by human hands. Remember that you were at that time without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, mm. having no hope and without God in the world. But now, but now. in Christ, but yeah, but now I feel the Holy Ghost right there. Let's but all now. say, but now, <laughs> but now in Christ Jesus, you, yeah. When anyone brings that to you, say, but now verse 13 in Christ Jesus, you who were once afar off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace in his or in his flesh. He has made both groups into one mm. Gentiles in Israel. One. That was his plan. Actually, it says and has broken down the dividing wall. That is the hostility between us he has abolished the law and his commandments and ordinances that he might create in himself one new humanity mm. in place of the two, thus making peace and might reconcile both groups to God in one body through the cross, thus putting to death the hostility through it, right? Mm. So, guys, that was his purpose, to divide or to break down the dividing wall, make one new body, right, where we're grafted in. And it says you're foreigners to the covenant and the promises. Mm. So we're no longer foreigners to the covenant and the promises. And I love what Jason says, it's an so expanded version. We got version 2.0 of the promises. The promise in the in the law, all right, people say, well, those promises aren't for us. Okay, hold on. Let me explain something about these promises. They're good. And why would God say, um, yeah, let's scratch the blessing in the city and blessing in the field and abundance flow. Let's scratch those things out. No, there. it's an expansion of that now because we have him in us and with us and we have, we're moving into a better place than what Adam had. Mm, all right. And we'll talk about that. But one last thing here, guys. I mean, just read Romans 10. And that, that's good enough for you in 11. But it says, but some of these branches from Abraham's tree, some of the people of Israel have been broken off. And you Gentiles, yeah. who were branches from a wild olive tree, have been grafted in. So now you also receive the blessing God has promised to Abraham and his children, sharing in the rich nourishment from the root of God's special olive tree. Okay, so that means we're grafted into the blessing and promises of Abraham and the land promise. That one guy did say that say something important. He said the land promise. Okay, because there is land promises. The pro the earth in Romans four, NLT version, verse fourteen. It says clearly God's promise to give the whole earth to Abraham and his descendants mm. 
was not based on his obedience to God's law, but on a right relationship with God that comes by faith. Let me let me read a bit more of this. It says, if God's promise, because, I, hold on, I think a lot of you guys know the promises for us. We talked about that. The promises for us in Christ, those who have faith and have the faith of Abraham, we receive the promise to possess the earth. Okay, so let's go a little bit farther. It says, if God's promise is only for those who obey the law, then faith is not necessary. The promise is pointless. For the law brings punishment on those who try to obey it. The only way to avoid breaking the law is to have no law. Listen. Verse 16, so the promise is received by faith. Mm. What promise? Mm. That we will possess the land. So you receive it. You can receive it tonight where you're sitting and listening. Ooh, receive man. it by faith. First, you got First, you got to hear it. How can they believe without hearing it? Mm. Well, when you hear it, you can believe it and say, I have that promise. Yes. Right? And it's received by faith. You can't work for it. You have to believe it and receive it. And it, it says it's given as a free gift. And we're all certain to receive it, whether or not we live according to the law of Moses, if, and you should put a big box around that part, because there is an, an if. In computer programming, we have if-then statements. And if there's an if in your code, that's a big point of your code, all right? So if, and God uses if-then statements. If this happens, yes. then this will happen. Okay? That's why Jesus said, I came that you may have life abundantly. Let's say I came to make sure you get it. There's an if statement, really and here it is. It says, if we have faith like Abraham's. For yes. Abraham is father of all who believe. That is what the scriptures meant when God told him, I have made you the father of many nations. All right. It says, this happened because Abraham believed in God who brings the dead back to life and creates new things out of nothing. Yeah. So many of you already have laid down your life for God and are serving God, and you already qualify you've already got the if then statement registered okay if you have faith like abraham then the promise is on you so i've said this many times i preach this many people have a promise on them that they don't know of you guys this thing is big and it's not for israel the country we just deprove that disprove debunk whatever you want to say we just debunked it yes. disproved it okay it's gone it's a myth. It's gone. Myth so now what? Now what? It's not about a land or a territory or a race of people and a single ethnos. Okay. It's about all ethnos, all nations being blessed. And so that means we have to figure out if it's on us, what are we going to do with it? How are we going to receive it? What's next? That's so good. Jason, you want to jump in here at all? Just as you were talking, this is something in my studying out what's going on. With the dispensationalism believing for the second coming of Christ, they believe the cross partially fulfilled it. That's a, one of the bigger conversations I've had with people. It's only partially done because they're waiting for whatever things to come with the second that happened in 70 AD. Where Israel, the Jews are believing for Christ's first coming, which is the coming that we in dispensationalism have split out 2,000 years. Right. The Jewish people and dispensationalists are believing that this second coming will fulfill all of it together. They are, aren't they? Come on. The dispensationalists and the Jews are almost believing for the same Messiah. Yeah, they're they're saying the one that comes, whatever, whenever it happens. Some say it's going to happen in a year. Some say five years, whatever. But we've been waiting for that whole fulfillment by the modern times reality for 2,000 years. 
But there, what's going to happen in that second coming that dispensational belief for is what the Jews believed would happen in that first coming. That yes. everything is going to. So they're basically believing. They're, that's why their Zionism and dispensationalism almost go hand in hand. Yeah, you they have do. to have they the do. one. With they the do, other. yeah. To the point, to your point, Jason. Um, in a lot of these blogs, you see that it's almost. They say it's almost useless to try to win a Jew to Jesus. They say don't even try because they're all going to come to know Jesus in the end anyways. And I'm like, well, that doesn't even make any sense. It's anti-biblical because what if that Jew dies tomorrow? What are they, I guess it's so what was Peter doing when he got up there and preached to Pentecost? You're all going to die in your sins if you don't repent. Were they not? So Leah, this is proof of what I've been saying. We're running up against people who don't actually read their Bibles Mm -hmm. because if you read your Bible, yeah, what is Peter doing? He was sent to the Jews. (laughs) I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily. Say, what is Paul doing? I mean, I I got more confused going through Daniel Revelation in Bible school than I did before because there are yeah. people that read the Bible, but it's like I, if I don't have my glasses, I see fuzzy. Yeah. And when you have the lens of futurism, dispensationalism, you read the Bible so much. Me and Serge were just having this conversation. Once we realized, man, the Bible. It's been fulfilled. What we hold in our hands, it's been fulfilled. The revelation of Jesus Christ, all these things. And you go back and reread scriptures that used to be so confusing. When I went through Bible school, the, I think it's 1 Corinthians 15, 2 Peter. Um, is it 1 Peter, 2 Peter? All in the Thessalonians where it talks about the second coming. Mm-hmm. You go back and you read the futuristic look. And you read them for how they're written to them people. It's not confusing. Yeah. But for years... I was so confused because you're trying to split, well, this, you know, this verse is today, this is 2,000 years, this might have happened 300 years ago. It's so confusing, and it, man, I actually specifically took an extra term in Bible school to get Daniel Revelation, and I came out confused. You did, and to that point, you know, Corey, a lot of these people, they read their Bible, they've read it hundreds of times, you know, but it, it's it's like it's like uh, Jason just said. If you've got the lens of futurism that you're reading it through, so let me it actually even matter. further that visual that you just gave, Jason. I don't wear glasses and I don't need glasses, but everybody in my family does. If Leah has the the correct lens on, she can see very clearly. But if I put the wrong lens on, then I then cannot see. And so what we are seeing is we are seeing a church that God has Take given us the ability the of to see perfectly fine. And then we're putting on this lens and everything is completely blurry. And I want to read a comment from one of our viewers who's, who um, we met at our event in Plymouth. And her and her entire family have been tuning into Revelation Red Pill. It's been mind-blowing for them. And this is, this is going to seem kind of like the milk for us, but for those of you that are rereading the Bible all over again, listen to what she says. Reading in Matthew, another verse popped out to me today. In the parable of the weeds, Matthew 13, Jesus says in verse 30, let both the weeds and the wheat grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds 
and tie them in bundles to be burned. Then gather the wheat and bring them into my barn. She goes another verse showing the righteous will not be removed or raptured. It is the weeds that were removed first. Gosh, how did I miss this one for so many years? It's all over the place. It's everywhere. And after I read that from her, she sent that as a personal message to Leah and I. I actually had, remember when you had us on the Kingdom Roundtable and you were asking our testimonies, uh, Corey, it dawned on me a part of my testimony that I had completely forgotten and God brought it back to my remembrance. For years, I've read that scripture and thought, and I, and I mean, from the time I'm like 12, 13 years old, all the way through my 20s thinking, well, I guess I just don't know anything, but that doesn't sound right. In my innocence, I and I remember coming to my mom and coming to Leah, like, it, and even my friends, like, this just doesn't sound like what we're being taught about the rapture. I remember saying that. And then additionally, when I would read the book of Revelation and I was told, it's so confusing, it's very difficult to understand, you need somebody much higher than you to read it. And I would read it as a child. It. And I mean, like, because I would read the Bible through in a year, you know, in your teenage years, you're trying to get close to God. And I would get to Revelation and I'm like, this sounds just like Jesus. We've got the woman and the guy, the bad guy is coming to take the child. Like this sounds exactly like Jesus. Why is no one talking about this? I literally had these internal thoughts and I had to go back quite a couple decades in my memory to, to retrieve this process that I would go through when I would read Revelation and would read scriptures like this. It's not confusing. Like Jason just said, they make it confuse. They hand you these glasses that you don't need. And they say, here, put these on. You'll be able to read better. And you're like, I don't know if I'm reading any better with these glasses. So I just wanted to kind of, I've been eager to tell you guys that um, for a few days now. Cause I was like, wait a minute. I'm pretty sure that uh, th there's probably other people out there like me, a very innocent person reading Revelation going, that sure seems an awful lot like what happened to Jesus. Like stupid, simple. It's not confusing. So I just wanted to add that to your point, Jason. Like it's really not confusing, but it is when they hand you the wrong lens. Mm -hmm. yeah. Revelation red pill and the king around table. He's like, I read it to my seven-year-old son, and he gets it. It takes the faith of a child to read it. It takes a the theologian to mess it up and make it confusing. Exactly. That's pretty much what I was going to say is, like, I, I guess I don't understand how people are trying to teach what you just read, that dispensationalism. I don't get how they're trying to teach that when the heart says different. You know, kids understand. You tell a kid like, hey, God sent his son to die. He loves us. Um, we're going to take over this world. The good guys are rising up and the evil is being removed off this earth. That's already in a kid's heart. You, If you, if I tell my son, hey, son, guess what? And I try to explain that. He's going to be like, eh, that's not that's not in his heart to, that God is going to let us get crushed and destroy the planet and all this weird stuff. So. I'm convinced it's already in people's hearts. And so I don't understand how people can, when I hear people speaking this and teaching this stuff, I really just tune them out because I feel like that, because here's what James says, it says, be hearers of the word and, and do it, right? When you hear the word, do it so you don't deceive yourself. So I look for people that are actually doing the word. And, and I've seen so many people that are trying to preach that, 
their head knowledge is way up here and their doing knowledge is right here mm. and they sound good but there's a whole bunch of glitches in their thinking and what they're preaching um so yeah you're right they're they're in those positions as teacher because they sound good they got a bunch right but i think they're not actually doing the word and and so this is an easy thing to put to the side oh okay yeah take the responsibility off us possessing the earth let's just point to israel kick the can to the side so you said something about the you know you read there in romans the the promises of the covenants the promises of the covenants and that's kind of where we want to take you guys today so that you can begin to you guys can begin to fulfill this in your life today and what does it mean and it's going to unlock places in, in your brain that you've never gone before so i'm going to read deuteronomy 8 be careful to follow every command i'm giving you today so that you may live and increase and may enter and possess the land the lord promised on an oath to your ancestors okay he's given this to israel uh, this is after they uh, have fled from Egypt, but this is the promise made to Abraham. Now, again, let's put two and two together. Let's use this like algebra. A plus B equals C. Okay. So if these particular promises are given to the descendants of Abraham, and we are now the descendants of Abraham, these promises, the essence of these promises are for us. These promises are, are contingent upon the law. But here's what the cool part. In the new covenant, you have the promises without the law because Jesus came to fulfill the law. So now we have the promises by faith. Boom. Yep. Okay, so here's the promises that you are yours by faith. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. He humbled you, causing you to hunger and feeding you with manna which neither you nor your ancestors had known to teach you that man does not live by bread alone. Jesus came to fulfill that manna was a type and shadow of Jesus, but on, on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord, your clothes did not wear out. Your feet did not swell during those 40 years. Uh, know that in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord disciplines you. And actually Paul quotes that everything in the new Testament is quoted from the old Testament. Pretty much just know that, um, or kind of revamped. Observe the commands of the Lord your God, walking in obedience to him and re re revering him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land with brooks and streams and deep springs gushing out into the valleys and the hills, a land with wheat and barley, vines and fig trees, pomegranates, olive oil and honey, a land where bread will not be scarce and you will lack nothing, a land where the rocks are iron and you can dig copper out of the hills. When you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Be careful not to forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws and de decrees. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build your fine houses and settle down, when your herds and your flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase and you ha all you have, all you have is multiplied. Like my bees. <laughs> then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. He led you through the vast and, and dreadful wilderness. And you say, this is my power. This is my strength. The strength of my hands has pro produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord, your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. Now, our charismatic friends take this one out. They like this one. Um, and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors. But they dissect this scripture from, the from that following part. And they dissect that because they like that one. 
He gives you the power to get wealth. He gives you the power to get wealth. But that land stuff, that's for Israel. It's totally psychotic. Okay. If you ever forget the Lord, your God to follow other gods and worship and bow to him, he said, you will surely be destroyed like the nations, the Lord destroyed before you. So you'll be destroyed from not obeying your Lord, your God. So anybody want to jump in on that? Cause I really would love for us to, at the end of this episode, my goal, it's on my heart is to tie these promises into the fulfillment of Jesus. So that people know that the land and the blessings of the land are theirs. Anybody have a jump on that? I mean, it's the scripture that you referenced that Corey read when he when he first spoke as his intro. And I think it was Romans 4, right, Corey? Like 13 through 16? Yeah. Correct. Like, man, when he read that, like, I heard it a whole new way tonight. Like, it literally lays out. The Abrahamic blessing wasn't by the law. Boom. It was by faith. And what are we? We are children. We're heirs by faith. And the one translation says he's our spiritual father. Because mm. um, that's one way I love to study is looking at other translations. Mm-hmm. But, man, when Corey read that and you referenced it, for me, that was like, I had all these other things. And right there, it's like the nail in the coffin. It's like, it's a mic drop right there. That scripture sums it up for me I'm like th- th- doesn't even any questions that I might have had coming on tonight because I believed in the land blessings and all that and it's something that the Lord usually speaks to me about something and then it'll be something like this where I'm like okay that's the scripture that literally solidifies the foundation what the Lord spoke to me oh that's so you know so, what go ahead Jason it's that scripture Romans 4 13 through 16 that Corey read earlier man that's foundational in what we're talking about I want to add one to that. And uh, my friend actually, she's like, can you send me that scripture that you're always quoting? And it's literally Hebrews 11 is my favorite chapter in the entire Bible, hands down, bar none. Uh, and, and the scripture that I quote is, for by faith, it is impossible to please God. For any man that would come to God must first believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And to me, that's so simple because... All we have to do is two things. Now, Jesus said the whole law is summed up in these, you know, these two things. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. But there's two other things that are added. You want to come to God. You just got to believe two things. First, that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Full stop for me. It's like it simplifies and it takes the pressure off of us and it takes us back and i think that that's one of the things when we go back to coming to god as a little child children will believe anything that you tell them they really will and so we come to god and literally all he wants us to do is just believe him so tonight we're going to lay out things that you can believe and then i want you to keep that scripture in mind and then these scriptures from romans in mind it's all by faith so i want it's not a hard thing i want to jump in here with the argument that the dispensationalists use and let you guys answer that it's such a drag i know they (laughs) say that this promise is the world as in the world shall be saved but has nothing to do with i heard that correct yeah the the that the promise is jesus is here and now they have salvation Nope, that's not the promise. I don't have anything else to say, but that's not it. It's the meek will inherit the earth. 
<laughs> that is good. The meek. So those are a bunch of scriptures too. Um, I had I kind of compiled some, but you're right. There are there are several scriptures about the inheriting of the earth, and um, the meek will inherit the earth is a big one. And I think it also yeah. might be key to focus on one thing. Corey just hit on a big one. It's it's difficult to swallow because our entire lives, and I speak mostly to Jason because he grew up in the church just like Lee and I did. Corey did not, but my entire life I'm told that salvation. And being saved and going to heaven and having a relationship with Jesus Christ is the be all end all what he came to do. Yeah. Right. Just salvation. I got my ticket to heaven and I get to have Jesus in my life. And that's, that's what Jesus came to bring. And we miss everything. Go ahead, Jason. Take away. You know where I'm going with that. Take it away. I I literally, when I got saved, it was fire insurance. (laughs) Man, this world's going to go to the end, but guess what? I'm getting out of here. I got my fire insurance. It's a ticket out of here. And even when I got saved, it wasn't the talk of the rapture, but it was still, it was fire insurance. It was, you know, he saved you from hell. He didn't save us. Like grace empowers us to live a life of faith. It doesn't just empower us to be saved. That's part of it. But it empowers us to live for God, to live holy, righteous lives, to possess the land. The reason... I don't I haven't possessed land is because I haven't believed it until recently. <laughs> Corey, in three years, I think it said you went from no no farm to a farm that's producing such abundance that you're like three years and you're possessing lands where you're fruitful, multiplying more than almost anybody that I know that's teaching the kingdom message. And it wasn't at three years you said. Yeah, I had I had uh, some property before, but yeah. That was my my bigger production area, my Garden of Eden. That's what what God calls it. So, <laughs> so we need to know that as Christians, when Jesus came to preach the kingdom of God, it was literally the meek inheriting the earth, us literally possessing the planet, us fulfilling in our own personal lives these promises like deuteronomy 8 and 28 that's what salvation in the kingdom of god is it's like we're missing that whole put, half put these two together psalm 73 11 old testament scripture but the meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in the abundance of peace everyone knows that means the land so jesus comes matthew 5 5 and says blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth Jesus coming, everything promised in the Old Testament, Jesus is coming to fulfill. Did Jesus come for us to toil and um, he, and to have a hard life? He No. Adam fell, okay, in the garden. Am I right, guys? And then what was one of the punishments? Toil. You're going to have to work hard. But Jesus came. Did he not come to reconcile us? And, and, and fix the planet? Correct. He was also kicked out of the garden. Now, we can have lots of discussions, and we will in the future, of what that garden is. I like to take it very just matter-of-factly, right? He's That, that garden, you're kicked out of that, that, that the garden of God where there's just prosperity, mm-hmm. where you just go to a tree and you pick off fruit. Like that, we should be living this life of abundance. Be- and then, so Deuteronomy 28. These just have these, print these out, and put them on your wall and remind yourself and put that next to Galatians 4 and Romans 4 and Ephesians 2. Okay. 
and just keep cycling that. The promises are for me. The promises are for the now. The promises are for now. And just keep reading that. What's the difference between this message that we're preaching and the prosperity movement that we grew up in? You get money. You get cash money now. In the Old Testament, you get land and fruit. <laughs> so, Deuteronomy 28. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all his commands, I will give you today the Lord your God will set you on high above all the nations of the earth. All the nations of the earth. All these blessings will come on you and accompany you. You'll be blessed in the city. You'll be blessed in the country. The fruit of your womb will be blessed. The crops of your land, the young of your livestock, the calves of your herd, the lambs of your flock, your basket and your kneading trough will be blessed. You will be blessed when you come in. You'll be blessed when you come out. The Lord will grant that the enemies who rise up against you will be defeated before you. They will come at you one direction. They will flee from you in seven. They actually take that one. You get to use that one in the charismatic world. Uh, the Lord, you don't use the flock one. You don't use the <laughs> basket one. It's a little pick and choose. It's like the golden corral. Jason's laughing because he knows. The gold and silver, the houses. Yeah, right. the golden only corral the charismatic scripture, uh, you know, acquisition. Just get what you want. If it looks like it's money, it's for me. Okay. The Lord it, it, will it's send like you. work, it's for Israel. That's right. It looks like hey, no, 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 it's so true. <laughs> oh, they get the stuff we don't want. <laughs> <laughs> the gold and silver and, and the houses. Uh, they get the sheep and the goats, man. <laughs> they can have it. They come That's from the That's rightly dividing the word of truth, brother. <laughs> they're yes, they are dividing it. That's so true. They're not properly <laughs> they're pro properly dividing it. <laughs> the Lord will send a blessing on your barns. And everything you put your hand to, the Lord your God will bless you in the land He is giving you. The Lord will establish you as a a holy people? Hey guys, stop taking this out of context. What did what did we just read? You are a holy nation. You are yeah, a they chosen were never, people. They never were established as a holy nation, right? That was the problem. They got little openings of it and then messed it up. And Jesus came to help us out so we could step into that rest, into right. that blessing. He says that we he will establish you as a holy people. So this is, this is actually a prophetic word for now, as he promised you on an oath, if you keep the commands of the Lord. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. Do you see how all these come together? His commands aren't grievous. You see, Jesus said, I knew the law was a, was a hard taskmaster to get you to this place, but we're still supposed to keep the commands of God. They're just not the law as what the Israel had to follow, but we still get the promises if we keep the commands. Okay, love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Okay, um, if you walk in obedience to him, then all the peoples on the earth will see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they will fear you. Mm. The Lord will grant you abundant prosperity. Oh, we're going to take the rest away. In the fruit of your womb, because in the prosperity movement, you have two kids. In the fruit of your womb, the young of your livestock. And, the, and guys, we make fun of it because we've been in it. It's just, it's good natured. The young of your livestock and the crops of your ground in the land he swore to your ancestors, Abraham, our ancestor too, to give you. The Lord will open up the heavens and it's with the storehouse of his bounty. And Corey's going to talk about this in a minute. And send rain on I'm your getting land a bodega. in season and bless all the work of your hands. You will lend to many nations and you will borrow from none. Charismatic, that's, a, that's one they like. Uh, and you, God will make you the head and not the tail. We like that one too. 
If you pay attention to the commands of the Lord that I give you this day and carefully to follow them, you will always be on top and never the bottom. Yes, it's in IV. It's easier to understand. Do not understand. Uh, do not turn aside from any of the commands for I give to you. Now, there are curses for this. We don't have to read all the curses. I'm not, but just read a few. Okay. You'll be cursed in the city. You'll be cursed in the country. Your basket and your kneading trough will be cursed. They don't you'll, care if they're cursed in that. You'll be confused. Uh, God will put a rebuke on you. The sky over your head will turn to bronze and beneath you to iron. And, and although one could argue, blindness, though, confusion. Let's 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 explore this for yeah. a second. Can, yeah. Can we explore this for a second, guys? Because I, I honestly, I just I, I would do this with you in one of our messengers. And because I, I don't have an answer for it, but I'm curious. So with these curses here, at least in America, we are kind of seeing these curses. Do you know how many people are on fertility drugs because they can't get pregnant? Do you know how many people that have celiac disease and they can't eat their kneading trough, their, their bread? Like they cannot eat bread, right? So a lot of people in the church are literally walking out this curse. Boils of Egypt. They tumors. can't drink dairy festering sores and the itch the <laughs> which you will not be cured and <laughs> will afflict you with madness and blindness and confusion in your mind what are we seeing today a lot of confusion a lot of madness a lot of blindness yeah so i'm just saying i think that there might be something tied and i think Corey might get into this too when we get into to unleashing him on his message on on tithing which is way bigger we don't even like that word because it's, it limits what his message is, but it, for all intents and purposes, but Corey's, when we unleash him, he's going to get into this, but like, seriously, guys, I'm telling you, there is something tied to, I believe, believing dispensationalism and this curse. I don't know what it is, but I think there's got to be a tie there. It's way simple. Okay. They're believing that for the curse, That's that the true. world has to get worse and worse for Jesus to come back. But it's very specific to this curse, it feels. You know it's what I mean? Very, it's very. It's very. prophetic cycle and dispensationalism of this is the end of the world, this is the Antichrist, over and over. It, 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 I remember when a Ukraine war started. Somebody at the church, we are, this is the end. And what's it going to be? We're two years into it now. Like, that wasn't the end. We're, you know, maybe in a year and a half they'll come up with that because maybe they're into the seven year, three and a half breakdown. But. <laughs> In my little bit of time in studying it, it's the power of life and death are in the power of the tongue. And so dispensationalism has created this death cycle of speaking. Because I remember almost being like, man, I really want it. I want it to get worse. Because that means I get out of here. Right, right. And so I, I believe in my very being that it has to get worse. And I remember one of the other shows is like, how much abortion was enough to bring Christ back? Yeah. It, we wanted it to go away, but if that's a sign of the end, if like these curses are a sign of the end of the world and Christ is coming, do I really believe that these curses are going to go away? Am I going to humble myself and pray for my land so it'll be healed? But I, I can't do that if I believe the world's going to come to the end and darkness is going to flood the earth until Christ comes. Yeah, it's so it's a prophetic cycle that's coming from the power of our words. And we were living it, I'd say, dispensationalists are living the power of what they've spoken over and over. And what we're trying to do, people, there's life. Step out and speak life over your land. He's come to give us life and give it to us abundantly. Ephesians 3.20, we're to live that life. 
that doesn't line, Ephesians three twenty doesn't line up with the end of the world. It is, it's abundant life. It's the restoration of all things. Ephesians four ten, and that's what he's bringing for. It's that power of our words. And what are we prophesying over our own land, mm-hmm. especially in America? Go on and get it, Jason. That is so good. And you can see, we've discussed this, that at the turn of the century, uh, into the into the 20th century, the early 1900s, when uh, Christians were just beginning to pick up what was being laid down by dispensationalists, uh, the Schofield Reference Bible came out in 1909. And you can begin to see the denigration of society starting right there in 1909. Uh, we had the Scopes Monkey Trial, where creationism was, was mocked. And then it was kind of almost uh, against to go against science or academics for schools to teach creationism anymore. And yet Christians still sent their kids to public school. At the same time, we had the uh, the election of Woodrow Wilson, who was a Democrat in here in America. And why am I talking about America? Because I know that we could go back in history because I truly believe that. Our founding fathers and the pilgrims came here with a 400-year plan and their 500-year plan. And their plan was to rebuild, restore, renew, plant the land, have children, and see God's goodness on the, on the earth. Okay? They, they wanted to leave a good foundation. And our founding fathers were actually able to take that dream and translate that into a, a literal government where the government would help help people do that and pursue their calling from God in the land. And Thomas Jefferson and John Adams and George Washington were all farmers. They all wanted to grow food. They all could, they all felt closer to God when they're on the land. And it was well known uh, during the colonial period. It was hard to find work. Workers. It was hard to find workers because every man was basically king of his own castle, living out the blessings. If you follow me, if you keep my commands, I'll bless your land. I'll bless the fruit of your womb. I'll bless your crops. And America actually got blessed for the first time in history with a government that would help perpetuate these blessings and create, you know, guardrails and things like that. And then what happened in the early 1900s, I believe, is that. The devil was like, oh my gosh, look at this. These Christians are, have, they're going full bore. There's nothing that can stop them. Nothing can stop them from bringing heaven into earth. The only thing that can stop Christians from doing what God has called them to do is themselves. It is your mind, your will, and your emotions and disbelief. So you, when you start to say I'm telling you, there's there we've we, there's studies done. I mean, you start to yell at a plant, it actually doesn't grow as well as if you speak life to a plant. How much more a nation? How much more the world? And so, everybody's so angry that there's the Rockefellers, the the the, the Carnegies, the George Soroses, the deep state. Well, I'm looking at my fellow Christians, and I'm like, stop manifesting because you have power. Christians, you have power in your words. Shut, just shut up. Just stop talking. Okay. Let us take it from here. Whatever you do, don't, if you don't have anything nice to say, 
Don't say anything. If you have curses to say, I mean, literally, I we go past, we've, we've shut down Hooters. We've shut down palm reading places just by passing them and saying, I curse you in the name of Jesus. I curse you in the name of Jesus. And they shut down. Right. There's power. And within two generations, by the way, almost all the farms in the United States were stolen from the people. Within, watch that. Watch the timeline. Um, Pre-1900, 65% of all Americans were were in the blessing of Deuteronomy 8 and 28. Okay? And then end time theology comes and they start to manifest what they're speaking, Jason. They're lo they lose their farms. They lose the blessings because they say, well, that's for Israel. If you stop saying that these, if you start to hand over, if you give your deed to somebody else and you didn't even get, we're not even giving the deed to Israel because they're not being blessed right now. Okay. They're not receiving the blessings of Deuteronomy 8 and 28. But what you are doing is giving place to the devil. But you are, you're literally, you can't give to Israel or to the Jews something that is not theirs. Okay. So all you're doing is giving giving your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren's inheritance, you're just giving it away. And it's one of those things. You mentioned, man, the power and what we think. If Philippians 4.8, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, what is honorable, what is right, pure and lovely and admirable. Think on these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Man, the end time message, it's not thinking on the goodness of God, the promises no. of God, the finished works of Christ, what's been done. It's, it's not thinking about, man, the land is blessed. We're sitting here looking at evil and not really don't, don't very little about it. Yeah. But we got to think on these things. We got to cast down vain imaginations, take our thoughts captive and bring them before the Lord so that we don't give the enemy any room. We should be taking back within a generation we should be having our land back. And it's funny. One thing I noted is when the Schofield Bible came out in 1909. And I always, I actually used to listen to a lot of politics like Mark Levin and different people, Jay Sekulow and all of them. And they talked about the Marxist plan, the hundred year plan. Yeah. And so if you look what happened from 1909, just to 2009, man, all these things happened, even though Israel, quote, became a nation again. But look what happened to the rest of the world. It's crazy when you, the, the Schofield Bible came out and the changes that have happened within 100 years. Because we let them. We literally put down the gates, opened the doors, and just said, oh, Jesus is coming back. Go ahead, evil people. Do whatever you want. Rape, pillage, pornography. Do whatever you want. And Jason, to your point, and I think to Corey, you know, you guys can talk about this. We do a show and we bring a lot of what basically what the enemy is doing. We bring it to that. We talk about the transgenderism. We talk about this. And one of the, the, the reasons for the Revelation Red Pill is to bring the life to it and say, Monsanto, you have no power and authority here. GMOs have no power and authority here. And to explain to people how we can overcome and get the land back and clean the waters. It's going to be, take a miracle. I mean, if you look at video guys from China or India and what plastics have done to the waters there, you know, we should be the biggest environmentalists. I mean, the real ones. You know what I mean? 
Like, we need to help. We have answers. God has wisdom. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God. Hey, God, what, how do we clean these waterways? We can get words of wisdom and words of knowledge on how we clean these waterways. Well, and honestly, this is this is Corey Grace uh, Wheelhouse and his ministry for years is coming up with strategies, kingdom strategies for all of this stuff. Like if any of you lack wisdom, like you just said, ask God who gives liberally. And that's what Corey, honestly, that's what you've been doing for years. Yeah, I, uh, so I think the miracle is right before, right under our noses in the word and we can all, so, you know, God, okay, let me explain something real quick and then you guys can say what you want. But the, the thing that I want to question everybody to, to reflect on is, are you seeing the blessings in your country or the curses? All right. And I'm not just going to talk about like in your personal life. Because it's much bigger than our personal life. And that's the difference between the prosperity that I talk about and the other movements. I talk about prosperity so you can free your nation. If you, if you know me, I'm always going to talk about the nation level. Always. Because you are called to be a leader, a king in your nation. All right. So, honestly, America, the soil is, is very bad right now. The air is like bronze i think it said um people are having all these sicknesses but the curse is the opposite all right what's the difference what's the difference it's the if statement all right and if you understand his promises for the land then you can believe them and receive them promises come by faith faith is a, a frequency guys and so when adam sinned he put out a different frequency that the earth didn't know that wasn't for the earth it's sin OK, um, you know, it, it causes you to be short sighted in the flesh. But righteousness is a different frequency. So mm. we have a blessing on us that touches the earth. That's why in Romans 8, it says creation is waiting for us to manifest, manifest the sons of to, God. to be brought forth. Right. All the way to manifest how he made us individually. Right. But corporately as the body of Christ. So that creation can be liberated. So our job is to manifest and liberate creation. Not Salvation is the first part of changing from the sinful frequency. And some people get weirded out when I say frequency, but get over that because it's, we, we, everything is a frequency and we need to understand that. Didn't Tesla say, if you want to understand the earth, understand everything is a frequency? Um, so when you transition out of the sinful realm into the righteousness of God, and we, you have to know that, you actually, when you're saved, you become the righteousness of God. When you touch the earth, you are reversing the curse. But if you okay. don't have knowledge of it, how can you believe for it? Right. So it's almost like you have a flicker, you know, there's a little spark there, but right. you need to fuel that, that spark with knowledge of the truth and then believe it. And, and I'll, we're going to talk about a couple important things that, you know, if you believe them, you have, it, it's not just you're releasing the land in your suburb, okay? It has national implications. I've seen this. I've lived it. Um, God has blessed this nation. To the outsider, if you read news about it, you're not going to see that. If you think the news reports the truth, I don't even want to tell people how blessed it is here because people tell me they we're coming, the other day I showed a picture of something. Guys, like, I'm coming. I, I, Lord, <laughs> call me. 
people come down here and they, oh, the Lord called me to live here. You know, everybody thinks they're called to live here. But the thing is, there's a practice of honor for God like I've never seen before in this nation. And God has blessed this nation and the ground. And you're right? talking we don't about to... Nicaragua because maybe people don't know that's where you're at right now. Yeah. Yep. And we don't have to worry about droughts. We don't have to worry about losing crops. That doesn't happen here. Because why? The people practice honoring God. It's not a religious deal. You may have a different view. He may have a different view. You may have dispensationalists. You may have the kingdom. But we still respect each other. <laughs> we still will hear each other. It's not a battle and bickering mess. And they don't dishonor pastors. You know, if someone's working for God and trying, good job, man. Good job. Like, awesome. You know, even if they say something, I've seen pastors preach something extremely crazy. And I'm like, dude, that, what the heck? And then I see my buddy who knows the kingdom message. Give him a handshake. Good job, buddy. Aww. It's just, I know it changed my whole world. I'm like, what if I, I was like, why did he do that? And, and God's like, cause love is greater. Right. Um, and, and now I am great friends with that guy that was preaching the craziness and he's a pastor because he needed a bit of encouragement. And I see him all the time. I've known him for 11 years now, Pedro, <laughs> like he's, he's a good buddy, but, um, just, are these promises on your nation or not? In reality, what nation has it? Very few nations. Mm -hmm. So how do we get it? That's what yeah. we need to. You know to what, um, Corey, why don't you tell people, I know you're, you're afraid that people might all rush down to Nicaragua, but uh, why don't you tell people a little bit about what it's like to live down there and about your growing crops and things and how you got started yeah. in that? So for one, there's not this weird you can't say this, you can't say that, you can't do this, you can't look like, okay, I'll tell you something that's pretty important. When I got here, everybody was staring at me. And I'm like, okay, maybe it's because I'm a white dude, you know, from America, they're staring at me. But then they're staring at my wife. And I noticed they're staring at each other. And in America, you stare at somebody too long, you're going to get in a fight or they're gonna get mad almost, or they're gonna look away and get all anxious. But here, the people, they look each other up and down. You know, they're checking out their shoes, their hair, their nails, to the detail. Everybody checks everybody out. And so that was the first thing. Then I noticed there's no political correctness. Like, you know, you tell people like it is, and if a man's acting kind of wimpy, you tell him, no, stop that. There's not transgender, man, probably one in 100,000 men are gay. All right. So I think in America, they say one out of 10. That's not here. OK, it's not allowed here. It's not it's frowned upon because we know in the Bible it's an abomination. Everybody knows. All right. Um, and so the, the food is another thing. Almost everyone here when I got here 10 years ago. Was either directly farming or connected somewhat closely to a farmer. Residentials are a new thing. <laughs> Um, suburbs are a new thing. And so I see people, I actually have a house in one and, and that's where I'm at right now. I'm in the city and we, we work in the farm and, um, it's funny because they'll come in from the farm and get their residential house and they're walking like these big old dogs, you know, and almost all you could see them. They bring a whip, like they're walking bulls, you know, to try to keep their dogs straight. I'm like, that's not how you walk a dog, but <laughs> It, it works. Their dogs walk straight. Um, but no, we, we have an abundance of food and there's something they practice here. Not all the churches do this. Not all the evangelical 
churches do this, but when the harvest comes, they have a celebration, the corn harvest, where it's this glorious celebration. Everyone dresses up. They, they cook all the different things you can make with corn and, and honor God. And everywhere you look, the buses, the businesses have blessing of God, um, you know, carne asada de Dios, you know, meat of God or, you know, the clothing store of the blessing, promises <laughs> of God, everything. My wife, the other day, there was this place called Ambrosia. I'm like, I'm not eating there. Give me something from the blessing of God stores. Like, look for one of them, um, you know, because they're everywhere. The buses have stickers. They have script. It's everywhere. Jesus is everywhere. And the other thing, when I, I got here, I was evangelizing. And I found out that we could evangelize on the buses. I'm like, sweet. I saw someone else doing it. So we started riding buses for years, evangelizing on the buses. And I found out that the bus drivers, even if they don't know Jesus, if you tell them you're going to talk about Jesus, they'll turn off rap crazy music. They'll turn it down and say, go no ahead. No way. Because nobody dishonors somebody that talks about Jesus. I've never seen it in Nicaragua one time. I've never seen anyone wow. preaching wow. on the corner get dishonored by someone else. We're because all moving they're to Nicaragua. Here we come, Corey. See? See, no, no, you guys got to, And that's what I was saying. It's like, <laughs> I could go on and on and talk about the, the beautiful things. There's other things that need change too. Not everything's perfect. And America has a good foothold that if there would be a few shifts in understanding the promises and the land and more honor for each other, respect. Like if you see something you don't like, little thing, little detail in somebody, just leave it alone. Just love them and, and nudge them in the right direction. Make sure they're moving forward. Bless okay. them, help them. We can't keep battling each other like like we're doing because we're not the enemy. We we're all trying to figure it out. Um, some people have bowed the knee to Satan and they should be opposed. But the ones who are trying, let's let's just love each other and, and it makes a huge difference. Corey, you're talking uh, um, about these amazing, you know, this this amazing atmosphere where it's kind of just Christian. And I feel I felt that way when I moved to Tulsa. Uh, Jason, yep. you're from North Carolina, right? Or uh, originally from Ohio, right. spent oh, about right. 10 years in Virginia. Virginia. Ah, I got it wrong. Okay. Fail. Well, it was on the East Coast. But when you moved to Tulsa, I'm pretty sure experienced what I did was that it's the buckle of the Bible about wherever you go, anybody just talks about Jesus. So okay. it's kind of similar there. Uh, I was shocked to have the weather reporter um, in the morning say what the weather would be on your way to church because you're going to church. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter which one you're going to, but you're going. Okay. And um, that's kind of what Corey is explaining. They need the land promises because the grass is brown almost all year they long. Need the they need rain for real. They, well, they had the dust bowl because, you know, they went, they went the wrong way. I, what I'm, my, my spirit is saying that I think that you are able to be blessed because with, with the rains and in the fruit of your field and in the animals, because Somewhere, even with the pre-millennial dispensationalist ideology, which I know you still have there in Nicaragua, people honor the land and honor God and ask him to bless the land. Like, what do you yep. see as the difference between maybe the mindset of somebody in Nicaragua versus somebody in America who just would rather go get a job, get the food, and buy it at the grocery store? Well, they... Basically, here, everyone is kind of king of their castle, if you will, and they see it 
that our life is to be surrounded by animals, right? Mm. And that we should have an abundance of animals with us. And so almost, and it's not like that so much where I'm at in the residential, but some people have goats in their residential and chickens and, you know, all that stuff running around. But if you go a little bit outside the city, there's chickens everywhere. There's animals everywhere, goats, sheep on the side of the roads, cows, bulls, horses. And so it's always about multiplying animals, even dogs. If somebody has a male dog, they're looking a female dog for, for that. They're not castrating it, spaying it. They're looking for a female so they can have a family. So it's just a connectedness. And if you ask someone, hey, cast, are you going to castrate that dog? They're like, why would I do that? Um, you know, even after they have 11, <laughs> I, I asked my neighbor that one time, I was like, dude, you, you don't have dogs yet? Like, you're going to castrate that deal? Because it's this giant, like, wild dog mixed with a pit bull, tiger stripes, like a beast having all these babies. I was like, but he moved anyways, but he had to bring a bunch of dogs with him. But the difference is that they, they believe the promises for the land, right, that God not maybe to an extreme, but they believe God wants them to possess their land right. farm. And then when they get it, there's a celebration. There's, you're having church service on that land. Sometimes, like I was, I almost, I actually forgot. I got a motorcycle yesterday. I was, I had the pastor over today and we were getting it licensed. He was helping me. And I was like, man, we need to anoint this motorcycle. And I forgot, but that's totally what you would do. Or you'd have a celebration for the gift that God gave you. We see everything not everybody, but a lot of people see it as when you get something, it's a gift from God okay. and his promise was fulfilled and they will glorify it. And yeah, not everybody is like this, but the main thing is that nobody really disrespects God, Jesus, or people who work for God. Uh, Jason, we were having a discussion with Corey on land promises and the tithe. And um, there were a couple of things that stood out to you. Um, when you kind of got this revelation red pill, um, and kind of pulling away from the modern end times theory, did you immediately go in and say, oh yeah, these promises, uh, are for me, the land. How did you make that transition? And what does that even look like for you and envisioning what God's going to do for you? It definitely wasn't immediate. Um, uh, even how I got saved, it was a very head knowledge um, type of thing and it was like oh and then all of a sudden it was like I under I see it and so it was more like okay what's going on so it's like but now like what he showed us with breakaway and even for my own family like to actually have I really want I think 400 acres would be what I would see you know you have community supported aquaculture you raise the animals here and there's a front that also has the ability to everything we make there can be sold. So basically you're starting to fund everything that you do within the ministry. And that's what I love about what Corey does. His ministry is not ran off of donations. It's ran off of what the Lord's blessed him with. And it's, it's multiplied. And that's one thing when he was up here talking to breakaway kingdom Hub, that message of man, it's not just about the donations fun. It's about what he's given us. So to have land, to be able to make soaps, I know you guys make soaps, Corey's wife makes soaps, to be able to take all these things he given me, and that's one of the reasons I actually went and got my chiropractic license back, is because I was like, I'm done with it. No, it's something that I can use within the community. Yeah. You know, we have people just in breakaway, we have a lady that can be a doula, 
that's connected with midwives. We have people that yeah, are studying body true. code and working with the body with supplementation, herbalism, naturopath, all these things that need to be done within the community. So it's really taking it from, hey, it's just about me and my family to we want to build this community, 300, 400 acres, provide our own animals, learn how to butcher, do all that stuff where you're not relying on the USDA and all these things to happen where you're able to provide for yourself. And redeeming that, how do you connect that to um, the kingdom and, and the promises? Because there are a lot of people that are doing that, but it's different for you now that you know what you know about the kingdom message, right? I guess I'll, I'll bring a story from this weekend. I've got to meet some amazing people with what we did this weekend. And there was this one, she just has a different lingo, but she literally, what Corey was talking about, like, man, if they get something, they bless God, they're excited. This was probably the most joyful person I met. She used a different lingo than what we do, and even Christianity or when we're talking about kingdom. But everything, like, it was a rain, the last day they were here, it was rainy. And she's like, you know, bless God for this rainy day. Just look how great it is. I'm like, it's a rainy day. And so it's one of those things that um, some of the people that are doing it probably have more kingdom in them than some of the teachers out there teaching kingdom. They just are living it and applying it without knowing the lingo. That you is so just good. said the whole show for tonight summed up because Leah said this to me this afternoon. And she said, and I... I don't know how to say this without sounding weird, but I'm just going to say it. Serge says, say it like God gave it to you. I don't know what it is. And I'm going to include everybody that's watching right now. So this, this message that we have, that Corey has, that Serge and Jason have is different than what a lot of other people are teaching and have been teaching when they get the kingdom message. They actually don't, most people don't actually call it the kingdom message because they're not really thinking kingdom. They're just thinking that's why they label themselves preterist or partial preterist or whatever or because they because or post-millennial because they don't have the actual kingdom land promises. I don't know, and Corey, you said this a couple of weeks ago. You can't think of anyone else outside of us, and I mean all of us collectively, that are preaching the kingdom message with an actual blessing of the actual land. And so I want to encourage you guys that are listening, because some of you say, well, if people have been teaching this, because we tell you that people have been teaching this, if they've been teaching it, why hasn't it taken off yet? Because they're not teaching the full message. What Jason just reiterated, I will reiterate, is that there are people that are teaching the post-millennialist message that aren't actually getting the full message, whereas there's people that are doing kingdom work that are preaching more of the kingdom message and they don't even know it. Yeah. Because literally the kingdom message is the blessings of Abraham, us inheriting the planet, what Corey Gray is doing in Nicaragua. Frankly, what Breakaway Kingdom Hub is breaking out to do with the community and the vision that they have been given, that is kingdom. You don't have to have any eschatology, end times, whatever. You don't have to know of anything to to have the kingdom message. Come on, she just said it. And that we're doing this Revelation Red Pill because this is a like a, some of y'all need stop an exorcism in your plumbing, right? <laughs> You've got to stop up in your plumbing, and this is your stop up. But what we what the goal is 
is to just get you guys to live out the kingdom. Okay? The goal is for us to manifest as kings and queens and priests in this earth, right? And to take dominion again and for the earth to be happy that we're here. Okay, for the birds to be singing that we're here. And when you hear, um, you know, when you go into New York City and you see all that steel, I'm going to tell you that the earth isn't saying, wow, I'm so glad that you built New York City. Or roads and asphalt. Yeah, all these different things. So what does it look like how to manifest that back? Well, Michelle and I will be at Old School Survival Boot Camp in a couple weeks. There are people, these are my people, some of them smoking, cussing, drinking, Christians love them to death. I absolutely love them. They are manifesting more kingdom Mm-mm. than every, Come on. you know, Come than on. most, almost every single church in this nation. Okay. Because they are growing their own food. They're raising their own animals. They're homeschooling their kids. They are trying to do things as naturally as possible. They're getting off the system. They're pulling out of banks. They're, they're, just, they're just manifesting. And, and they pray. And they ask God, God, please bless my, fa- my family. God, please bless my crops. God, please. And it's the simplest, most pure form of Christianity that anybody can ever have. You know, it's great for all the, you, sometimes you're so heavenly minded and they're not really heavenly minded. You're no earthly good. Sometimes you can have every single dot and tittle of the scripture memorized and be the best, highest theologian in the entire world, but you don't know how to put a seed in the ground and grow anything. You're of no use to anyone. And Paul says that basically like be useful, do something. Okay. And so Corey, I would like to go ahead and, and turn over, you know, I told Jason's going to clock out. Two hours, he's got to be out with his family because he's manifested the kingdom in his family. Um, we may go a little bit past that, but not not we're not going to do super long ones because Michelle's got to. It takes Michelle too much work to put up the three hour ones. But Corey, I would love for you to transition this into the message that you have on building the barns, building the bodegas, building up these storehouses because Michelle and I have grabbed onto this. I'm getting the bodega and. Um, Jason and Serge, they have a vision for this, their vision for storehouses, for places where people can come, come and grow food and store food and supply and all these things. And he's getting up and, and walking Jason, away. Jason, no, Jason, don't. No, I'm right here. Okay. I'm gonna bring leave. out the. Don't just leave because I want you to give before you do have to leave. Just butt in because I definitely want to get your Last your final, take on final all this thought before you go. Yeah, don't just leave on us. Yeah. I might get raptured and just disappear. That's not funny. Look at that. Yeah, don't stop doing that side of the mop stuff up. stays behind. Because <laughs> you're going to get a transformed body. Totally, completely new. Stop it. Okay. So, all right, guys. So, the bodega, what they're talking about. So, first of all, Leah, what you're saying, I just want to touch on that. You're talking about what I've been seeing, the, the level of, book knowledge head smarts compared to the actually doing like davin that was on Mm -hmm. you know he'll come on anytime i ask him anywhere help anybody but he's living out so much kingdom he don't even probably know it that's right right he's got an awesome business employing tons of people installing awesome floors for people running tons of chickens horses cows like just manifesting this stuff And, and he's talked with me he may not know all that I teach, but he resonates like, yeah, it's making sense. 
He doesn't need to have all this crazy. He doesn't need 15 courses, you know? Exactly. He just knows his family. He wants to provide. He loves his family. He wants to provide food for them, security, and stability, independence, right? And so that's something we should all resonate with. And we should all try to attain to and learn from people that are actually doing it instead of the people just talking the talk, um, you know? And the only reason I actually even come to the city is to teach people this i would lo love to be at my farm right now honestly guys i do this because i love you and i don't take donations i i think that's why I, I need to say that because i'm about to teach the tithe okay i realize a lot of people hate that word um they've been badgered with the incorrect way of teaching it Come they on. don't they're using it to manipulate people to get their money when the tithe was never ever about money never once in the bible can you find where god described the, the tithe as money. It was always food. And it was always a celebration with him where you ate the food. Yes. With him. You ate the tithe with God in a celebration. I'll just tell you guys. All right. But I need oh. to tell you here, <laughs> as I'm teaching this. We are ready to eat, Corey. As I'm telling you this, I want you to know, I don't want your money. <laughs> don't give me a tithe. Don't give me a donation. I don't need any of that. All right. And so I think God had to get me to that place so that I could tell this message without people looking at me with a weird filter. Don't give me nothing. Even if God tells you, like, pray a second time, okay? Like, give it to somebody closer to you, okay? Um, all right, so we're going to be in Malachi 3. And this, I know, there, I've been to churches, guys. I wasn't raised in church, but I've been to churches. They crack it open right oh, yeah, before it starts. And they read this one for like 30 minutes. I went to this one church. And every <laughs> time they had church, they read this and preached it for like longer than the regular message. Every church every in Tulsa, so right, bad. Jason? Every church in Tulsa. I've heard oh, it a God. few times. <laughs> yeah. And so I grabbed one of these deals called the Interlinear Bible. And I wanted to find out what it really says. And it actually says what it says. We're just missing some things okay so let me let me explain this let's go ahead because if you get this this has a, a pro, has promises included for you if we understand this has promises of the land healing of the land removal of your enemies and all nations calling your nation blessed come on all right so we need to realize if all nations aren't calling our nation blessed we got some room to grow and, and we need to be moving towards that talking to god about it and understanding it all right Malachi 3, I want you to see the context. It says, see, I am sending my messenger to prepare the way before me. And the Lord, whom you seek, will suddenly come to his temple. Is that talking about Jesus, guys, or am I, am I off? John the Baptist and Jesus. Come on. Okay. He's going to send someone to prepare the way. And then the Lord. Mm -hmm. Who's the Lord? Okay, Jesus. So this prophesying <laughs> about Jesus. Huh, right? There's another Lord in the Bible, right? All right. Then it says, the messenger of the covenant, just in case you're not clear, in whom you delight. Indeed, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? I know we could all preach on that for a couple of hours. <laughs> Let's keep rolling, though. Okay? For he, all right, this is important, though. For he is like. This is what he's like, a refiner's fire and like a fuller's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver 
and he will purify the descendants of Levi and refine them like gold and silver until, all right? So I want to, I want you guys to put a little box around the word until. So he's doing, the, these are, I wish people would get these little if-then statements, until, I'm going to do this until, and then that's going to take place. Anytime you see until, or but, or if, or when, those are, are key words to pause, right? So he's going to act as a refiner until they present offerings to the Lord in righteousness. Huh. So they were presenting offerings incorrectly. David mm. talked about it, right? You don't desire these type of offerings. Okay. So he's going to act as a refiner until this happens. So let me read this right here. Verse in my hat. Four. 13. All right. So it says. Give me a second, guys. All right. Well, all right. Here it is. It says, okay, yep. It says, he shall purify the sons of Levi, purge them like gold and like silver, that they may be offerers of a food offering in righteousness to Jehovah. Mm, wow. A food offering. Okay, so again, and it says it again down later. In verse 9, it says, this is the part you guys probably heard. You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me. The nation, all of it, nation, 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 guys. Okay, understand that. It says, bring all the tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. Mm. Okay. And it also, in the direct Hebrew, it says, food and stored goods into the house. Okay, and we're going to talk about that, but let me, let me keep reading. So they were offering food offerings incorrectly. They missed the point of the food offering. And guys, I could go through and do all the scriptures. I did a teaching on why the tithe has been misunderstood. And I go through the Old Testament. I'm just going to tell you guys, instead of reading all through Deuteronomy, but you guys can read in Deuteronomy 12, Deuteronomy 14, if you guys are taking notes. You can read Nehemiah 10, where they were neglecting the house of God. They repented, say, we will no longer neglect the house of God. We'll bring the food into the house. They knew they were neglecting the house of God which the house of God is supposed to be a provider for the widows, the orphans, you know, the, the people that can't take care of themselves. God never wanted to stop taking care of them. That's All so right? good. And so let me show you guys. This. It says, until they present offerings to the Lord in righteousness, it says, then the offering or the food offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasant to the Lord as in the days of old, and as in the former years, pause. So people will say, oh, that's talking about Judah and Jerusalem, not for us. Well, let me explain something about the scriptures, guys, and about the law. When God gave that, why did he give this? Why did he say this stuff? Did he just say it because he was bored? And he's like, hey, let's make up some cool, crazy, weird laws for them to follow because I'm bored. See if they can do it. No, it's because it was to reflect to them what the perfect, to help them understand righteousness and what sin was, to help them, I'm going to go another look, to help them understand him mm. and his heart. 
right? He wanted to bless them and increase them all throughout the old covenant. If you do this, I'll make you a holy nation. You'll increase and multiply and all these things. You'll possess the lands. Your enemy will come at you one way. They'll flee in seven ways. Is your enemy fleeing when you come near? Right. Are people running from you, evil running from you? Guys, we have to believe this is for us. And I'm here to tell you, look, it says Judah and Jerusalem. But let's let's keep reading. If you read verse six, it says, for I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, you, O children of Jacob, have not perished. He doesn't change. He still has some some things that he desires of us. He still desires us to offer him offerings in righteousness. And we're going to talk about what that means. But let, let me just read this so you guys can see. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasant to the Lord as in the days of old in the former years. Then, here's that then. I have a square around it. Then. I will draw near to you for judgment. I'll be swift to bear witness against sorcerers. Mm. That's a pretty cool one, right? Because that's what a lot of people are practicing in the USA. They're practicing, practicing witchcraft and sorcery. It's way out in the okay. open. And this is saying, hey, then if you can learn to offer right food offerings, I'm going to prove this is for us, guys. You can't throw this stuff out. If you can learn that, then this will happen. So we need to figure out how to get this to happen. That means this verse 14, or sorry, verse 4 is important. Very important. It says, I will be swift to bear witness against sorcerers, against adulterers, against those who swear falsely, against those who oppress hired workers in their wages, the widow and the orphan, against those who thrust aside the alien and do not fear me. Are there people around you over your government that do not fear God? Right. Okay. So if there are, God wants to remove those, but he needs you to understand something. And it's it has to do with land promise. I like how you guys say that. Land promise. This is a promise God give us for the land, gave us for the land. All right. And so it says, for I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, you, O children of Jacob, have not perished. All right. So... For those of you who try to throw this away, well, what do you do with that? I do not change. Right. So does that mean he doesn't need us to learn how to offer food offerings correctly? And let me explain the food offering now. Actually, I am going to read in Deuteronomy 12. Let's go to Deuteronomy 12 real quick so that this makes sense. Deuteronomy 12, verse 8. I'm going to read for a second. It says, you are not to do... As we do here today, everyone doing as they see fit. I feel like this applies to us today. It says, since you have not yet reached the resting place and the inheritance the Lord your God has given you. <laughs> you guys see that? Is my dog too loud? No, he's not. It's fine. Okay. So you are not, I'm going to say that for everybody listening. You are not to do as you're doing today since you have not yet entered the rest in the inheritance. If we have not entered the rest in the inheritance, we got to do something different, guys. If our nation is not blessed, our soul is not blessed, our air is not blessed, we got to do something different. We didn't figure it out yet. Okay. So I'm trying to tell you there's a piece right here that if we can figure it out, God is important to God. It's really important that we honor him with his creation. And, and it's not just about honor. It's about rejoicing. And, and realize he created everything for us to enjoy every little thing. And we're just walking around like it doesn't even matter. And ask, asking him to bless us. You see? All right. Let me re finish this. 
It says, but you will cross the Jordan and settle in the land the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance. And he will give you rest from all your enemies around you so that you will live in safety. Remember, he doesn't change. Mm-hmm. Anytime you read this stuff, remember, he doesn't change. He still wants you to have rest from all your enemies and have you live in safety. All right. And I speak that over you in the name of Jesus. Rest from all your enemies, living in safety. It says, then to the place the Lord your God will choose you as a dwelling for his name. There you are to bring everything I command you, your burnt offering, sacrifice, your tithe and special gifts, and all the choice possessions you have bowed to the Lord. And there rejoice before the Lord your God, you, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, and the Levites from your town who have no allotment or inheritance of their own. Okay, now one more I want to add in there real quick. This is Deuteronomy 14, 22. It says, be sure to set aside a tenth of all that your fields produce each year. Eat the tithe of your grain, new wine and olive oil, and the firstborn of your herds and flocks in the presence of the Lord, Mm-mm. your God, at the place he will choose as a dwelling for his name, so that you may learn to revere the Lord your God always. Okay. So there's a learning to revere aspect of why we we do this, but that's not the only thing. He wants us to learn to revere, and let's read the next part. It says, but if that place is too distant and you have been blessed by the Lord your God and you cannot carry your tithe because the place where the Lord will choose to put his name is too far away, then exchange your tithe for silver. There's, There's your form of money right there. Silver. And take the silver with you and go to the place the Lord your God will choose. Use the silver to buy whatever you like, cattle, sheep, wine, or other fermented drink, or anything you wish, it says. Then you and your household shall eat there in the presence of the Lord your God and rejoice. Sound like a party, Corey. We're supposed to have a party with Jesus. I'm having a party with Jesus. Yeah. It involves food. Yes. It involves food because, look, God created a garden. He put Adam in a garden. The whole Bible is talking about all the Deuteronomy 28. Is it talking about the city life? No. Not at all. It is say we'll be blessed in the city, but you can't be blessed in the city if you don't have any food. <laughs> That's cool. Okay. So it's speaking to a, an agricultural people. That's how the world existed for ever since what yeah. 200 years ago and it people goes, grew fruit. and it goes on in verse 28 um at the end of every three years and i don't know if you're getting to this am i jumping the gun go ahead no uh, bring all the ties of the year's produce and store in your towns so that the levites who have no allotment or inheritance of their own and the foreigners and the fatherless and the widows who live in your towns may come and eat and be satisfied so that your lord your god may bless you in all the work of your hands and i know Corey is going to get into this Um, But as he was presenting this to Serge and Jason and Michelle and I um, as kind of this novel idea, and I was like, no, I get it. (laughs) Like, I get it. I get it so much. I get it. And this is the essence of what uh, Jason and Serge have on their hearts is we want to be a storehouse. We want to be a place where what what is what? So. So there's no more Levites because we are the kings and priests. But as Corey likes to say this, and I think, Jason, you can 
um, concur is whenever we read something in the Bible, it's important to go to what is God's heart. So God's heart is that he wants you and me to be blessed so that those who are struggling, those who are having a hard time, we can give to them because God's heart is to take care of people and God's heart is to love people. And he wants us to be blessed exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think so that we can be a blessing. But we, if, if Jason, if you're probably like me, I am so sick to death of hearing that you're blessed to be a blessing. You're blessed to be a blessing. <laughs> you're blessed to be. If I hear it one more time, it's I don't want to be a blessing anymore. Stop it. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I'm just, I just, it irks me because it just feels icky. It feels wrong. And nowhere in any of this tithing thing, your pastor is not your priest. We're not Catholics. Okay. Yep. You know, we are the priests. We're, there are no more Levites, okay? Your pastor, you need to take care of your pastor, okay? Yep. But Paul said, listen, I'm making tents because I don't want you guys to think I'm doing this so that you're bringing me all this money and giving me, you know, a Joel Osteen house. Uh-uh, okay? Well, and Leah, you can't actually bless your pastor if you're not first blessed in the land. Because it, it says after you're blessed by the Lord in the land, then you take and you do this. And then God blesses you with overflow. So that, then you can bless. You see, you just had the key to unlock the door. I, I don't know if you got to Abraham yet, but when Abraham. No, he, he hasn't gotten that far. You were not gone that long. When Abraham was. You want me to teach the whole thing? Well, it's a, this is simple. Abraham and Melchizedek, okay. right? It's so simple. Yeah. So Abraham, he gets in a, and you guys can get me, tell me if I'm wrong. He got in a, a skirmish. There was a battle and battle of the, kings. In the kings and he won and he took all the spoil and he's, he destroyed Kings he as destroyed a little kings. group of people. And he's got all this spoil so much. I'm sure it was hard to carry. He's like, I got a lot of a stuff farmer. and he's just on the road and he meets this guy. He got no mom. He got no dad. Don't know where he comes from. Don't know where he goes. Melchizedek. Where did he come from? Where did he go? <laughs> okay. What did he look like? And I love, I love what Serge says. And Serge, Serge, uh, who's not able to hear, he's be here. He's like, you know, Melchizedek made a meal for him first, right? That's kind of cool. I don't know. If, I don't know if it means anything, but it's kind of cool. So Melchizedek makes makes a meal for Abraham, and then Abraham's like, I'm giving you a tenth of all this spoil. I don't see Abraham even before. Or after, you know, doing anything with some sort of tithe. This was in a, a over in abundance. And then you see Jacob. And Jacob, he puts God to the test. Like, can we do this? This is very strange. Talk, can I go to God? Yeah, Jacob, remember, Jacob wrestled with an angel who was probably Jesus, right? Wrestled with God. He, got, he had that limp in his leg. Jacob was intense. Like, he took on God. I don't, I don't know what kind of like, like, uh, you know, narcissism he had or whatever, but he took on God. So he goes to God and he makes this, like, he makes a deal with him. And he's like, if you, I'm like, I thought it was always God saying, if you, no, no, no. Jacob's like, if you, yo God, God, if you protect me, if you bless me, you know what? I'm giving you a 10th. It's like, it feels like some sort of like mafia deal. Like, yo God, <laughs> if you protect me, if you bless me, I'll give you a 10th. I don't know. It just, it feels crazy, but like he did and he was super blessed. Right. And that's the essence. 
of God wants you to be overabundantly blessed, but that disjointedness, maybe Jason, you can jump in on your experience and maybe your thoughts on the, the, the disjointedness between the land and the food and all this, this stuff that we're learning and what we were taught in Tulsa. Like it seems so foreign, but they're the same scriptures. I guess I never thought about the just disjointedness. But for me, when I started getting the kingdom message, you started realizing that, and I said it on one of the other shows, God gave us things that naturally multiply as our inheritance. Boop, 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 boop. I can't I can't multiply my computer. Somebody has to make it, but cattle, land, land or the trees, the seeds, all that type of stuff is something that God gave us. He created it to multiply and grow, just like he did with humans. You know, we're given a seed. We're able to grow, multiply. We have dominion. And the things he created all do that. And so the universe he created is one that literally is designed to grow and grow and grow. And that's what he placed us here for, to steward the very creation he had that will continue to grow. That is so good. And Leah, I want to correct you on one thing. Oh. You said... You know, Corey's saying this as, as if it's a novel idea. First of all, it's not novel to us in the sense that, you know, we've, we've grasped, grasped a hold of this for years. But for a lot of people, this is novel. But the one part, Corey, that I want you to get into next that truly, and I mean this for even for Leah and I, that is novel. And this is really mm. important, guys, for you to grasp a hold of, is that what Corey is about to, to really get into, and I don't know where he's going to go next, but I do know it's going to include this. Mm-hmm. He's talking about that if we do this, if we walk into what Corey is laying out, the proper way to tithe and to give and to have these storehouses, there's a direct correlation of using the land and doing this principle to healing the land and healing the water and hey. healing the air. And that right there, Corey Gray, is novel. And, and not novel in the sense that nothing is new, but I mean, what you're presenting is coming back to this generation in a way yeah. that's never been understood I think it's this for generation. this generation. And even Leah and I, I don't think that we've put that specific correlation until you presented it. And when you did, it seated in us. And I was like, now, yes. Okay, so before we do that, Jason, uh you got 60 seconds now. No, you have as long as you want. No, but for I would like, Jason, for your final thoughts, and then, then you can be raptured. Uh, <laughs> take your sweatshirt with you. Uh, but so, uh, you know, what's I, your, what are your final thoughts tonight? Well, when he was reading Deuteronomy 12, the line in verse uh, 10 says, But you will cross the Jordan and settle in the land the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance. Mm. The word cross popped out. Because mm. through the cross of Jesus... We now have the inheritance in the land that he's promised us. Because what Adam lost to sin, Christ restored. And now he went, he got the keys back and said, now I'll give it back to the saints. Yeah, Be fruitful, be multiplied, steward the land I have restored back to you. So that word cross is huge. Do you have anything else you want to say? That was really good, though. And and this is just through the tonight, you guys kept saying, the kingdom message we are bringing is the message with the land promise, the land blessing, which brings prosperity to the nations. 
I literally feel like we defined what we've been saying with this kingdom message because we always say it's kingdom message. What makes it different? It includes a land blessing, which brings prosperity to the nations, hmm. which is Write different than the self-prosperous message that a lot of churches teach. So literally the kingdom message with the land blessings, which brings prosperity to the nations is what we're teaching through the Revelation Red Pill. Yeah, that's a really, that's thank you, Jason. It. Jason, and you know what? It, it consistently, Serge always says that Jason takes what Serge presents to him in some sort of like mess, like kind of like a child, like here, fix it. And Jason takes it all and just wraps it up, fixes it up. Now you may present this to the public. This is, and that's what you just did there. Cause I've been trying to grapple with, you, Leah may need you to repeat it. Did you get it written down? The kingdom message with the land promises. That's as far as and the got. kingdom message with the land promises, which brings prosperity to the nations which brings yeah. prosperity that's it right there that's any jason you just summed up the show really that's what that's the message that Corey is giving and that's the message that we're all trying to give but you just put words to it um that that's a good <clears throat> phrase so jason do you need to go ahead and go yep i'm up okay, love you guys right. have a great night thanks jason bye so that, that reorganize our so that's thing. awesome i'm so glad that he ended with that that's just totally, you know, on point. And yeah, so Corey, if you want to dive into, you know, I wanted to lay a foundation um, for even why you want the land blessings. How, you know, what does that look like? Um, I think we'll, you know, we'll, we'll go into a little bit. Um, if I don't want to keep everybody too long. So we'll, you know, we're going to do 20, 30 minutes and then sayonara. Is that Spanish? That's what we always I'm say. all right. We should is just have Spanish? recess time. Is sayonara, is sayonara Spanish? No. Never heard that. <sighs> You've never heard? It's I heard it in a movie, but not. I thought it was Spanish. It's probably yeah, Italian. It's, it's got, maybe sayonara. it's Chinese. No, maybe it's Chinese. I don't know. I don't know. You are cracking me up. Probably Italian or something. Sayonara. It says goodbye. I no, think it's Italian. Okay, yeah. So Corey, go in and, and talk about and marry together. You know, now the people think that they might want some land. They might want some cows. They might want some cattle. Um, well, you do. Give, yeah. give the other side of, of what, or go on. Keep going is what I mean to say. Okay, yeah. So here's the deal. Let's just read, finish reading this, and then we'll talk about it. So I, Lord, do not change. We're in verse 6, Malachi 3. O children of Jacob, so you have not perished. Ever since the days of your ancestors, you have turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, how shall we return? Will anyone rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how are we robbing you? In your tithes and offerings, you are cursed with a curse. For you are robbing me. The whole nation, sorry that word nation, okay? The whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse. Mm -hmm. Okay, circle that word, storehouse. So that there may be food. Circle that one. Food. Storehouse, food. Because we got to get this right. If we're going to read the Bible, let's get it right. So it says, bring store the tithe into the storehouse so there may be food. It does not say gasoline in your pastor's car. I'm just going to be real. Right. It says food. So, and if you trace it back, you'll see why food was important to provide through the house of God to the people in the area, right? So listen, 
It says, and thus put me to the test, mm. says the Lord of hosts. See if I will not open the windows, that's more than one, mm -hmm. of heaven for you and pour down for you an overflowing blessing. I'll rebuke the devourer for you. Some versions say locust, but it's devourer for you so that it will not destroy the produce of your soil. Man, wow. I have a testimony real quick. I'm going to share. It's a fast one. So last year, I planted a bunch of corn, and I show up, and there's caterpillars everywhere. I'm like, oh, my gosh, Lord, what is going on? Wow. They're eating everything, like a blanket of caterpillars, okay? Wow. And I'm freaking out. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is the worst thing I've ever seen for my crops. And I look, and guess, I got this on video, too. It's on Gab. You guys can watch. It's called the Million Butterfly Release. Because I was like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? And I looked, and guess what? They were eating all the weeds and not my corn. No. Yes, I got it on video. No. Yes. They were literally, like, the weeds were as almost as high as my corn, so they were kind of blocking the sun, and they cleaned it out so that my corn grew. Never touched my corn. What? Yeah. And so I was like, I did have to weed eat and I got like you know, caterpillar guts all over me because I did have to do some parts. Um, it was a blanket of them. It's ridiculous. It's called the Million Butterfly Release on Gab. You can find it. It's the, my channel is called the Off-Grid Did the caterpillars Net. turn into butterflies? Did they make cocoons? Yes. I let them. I, I did a video and I was like, America, I'm releasing millions of butterflies. They're coming your way. So I let them all turn to butterflies. They helped me. Boom. But most people, you know what they would have done? Caterpillars, first of all, probably to ate their corn. But second of all, they would have probably tried to spray them all. Okay? But I was trusting God, you're going to rebuke the devourer and use no chemicals, nothing. Right? And Woo. get the bugs helped me. The, the bugs, bugs helped even me. The bugs My goats did, Corey. though, by the way. You do got to cage your goats and your sheep because they got in there quite a few times and they love the grass. So you can't. I guess he doesn't rebuke goats, but <laughs> the insects, it worked. But actually, now my goats, I learned how to cage them better. If you need tips on that, use a spiky cactus aloe vera plant. Those work. All right, so let's keep going. He will rebuke the locust or devourer, so it will not destroy the produce of your soil. Mm. Man, guys. So we don't. why are we using chemicals? Why are we using all this stuff? Because we're not believing this. We're not receiving this. But we can't. All right. It says, And your vine in the field shall not be barren, says the Lord of hosts. Then all nations will count you happy, for you will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. So I want that, Father. I want all nations to count me happy. I want our soil to be healed. You know, I want the sorcerers gone. I want those who oppress the workers, those who don't fear God, give them some fear. Like, this is a complete victory in your nation declaration God has given you right here. If this happens in your life as one person, don't think you have to. I asked God that. It says the whole nation struggling. I said, well, God, how many of us have to get this right? You know, the, how Abraham did. I was like, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. God, hold on. Are we, we, you saying we all got to do it? Because I'm pretty sure some of these people are going to do it. I said, how many of us have to do this? He said, how many will believe? Mm. Whoa. All right. So anyways, let's look at some. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse. So that word storehouse 
You guys can look it up. I actually wrote it down. It means depository, armory, cellar, garner, storehouse, treasure house. Ooh, I like that. Ooh. And it literally means bring food in there. Yes. Store goods. Yeah. In the house. And yeah. so God wants the word bodega is the word that is a summary of basically all those words to me. A bodega. Mm -hmm. I put all that type of stuff in a bodega. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and I think one version did say bodega, but I didn't write it here. You yeah. guys kind of took my bodega word and amplified it. It's the it. best word on the planet. It's the best one. Yeah. I'm telling you, God literally, yeah. we've been believing God for a barn in, in the back of our property for a long time. And it just seems so out of, out of, you know, ability, right? Especially if you want to make it like the floor with concrete, this is outrageously expensive. And so I just literally this past week, I sent a message to Serge and I was telling my friends, I was like, I'm believing, like I'm getting this bodega. I, I need this. Corey Gray has seated this message inside Bodega of me. And I need it. You got it. You're so I'm get standing it. on it. I'm yeah. getting the bodega. And so when you're, when there's a blessing here to be had. And I want you guys to understand something that I think it, this is a very timely message because I do believe the system is going to crash. Come on. And I do believe a lot of you have been prepping. A lot of you have been storing things up for yourself and for your family and for your community. We're running out of room in our house. Like, frankly, like we, because we do store up and we do give out and it does, but we are still, we're storing up so much. It's like, so we're running out of space. There, with this message that Cord gave, I, it, I started to think of ways. Um, and I don't think that it's one of those. It, we're talking, we're not, I, God is not a legalistic God, but I have been thinking to myself and asking God, how can I give some of the stuff that I, you know, I give, but not to the, let's put it this way. Uh, we had, how many pounds of lard did we make? 230. 230. Whoa. I normally give away a good, more than a 10th of our lard. Way to, to way people, more than attempt, yeah. um, but never with um, anything. I'm never thinking to myself. I mean, it is kind of. I do kind of think. It's all, whenever I'm giving, it's because I'm. I'm not thinking to myself. I'm gonna heal the land and the air but and the water. Per, make it purposeful. So we're so gonna, now. I'm doing it with. Purpose. So we're going to go to old school server boot camp. And my, what I want to do is take a tenth of our lard because mm -hmm. I'm going to do a soap class with my lard, and. People are going to want to make soap now. I'm going to get this recipe on how to make the soap. So I'm going to take 23 pounds, and it probably is not going to be 23 pounds. It's probably going to be ish, right? Um, but I'm going to take that, and I'm going to give it, and I'm going to say, God, and I'm going to tell the people, yes. this, this, as we are doing things, make it a purposeful thing that you want God to bless people through your organic efforts because we've been doing the whole tithing through money thing and i've done the tithing through money thing my whole life it doesn't work i'm not saying it doesn't work but it's not working the way that it should we need to be a more give and 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 celebratory and understanding these old testament um principles that are really just basic principles that god wants to bless us through the land and to be a blessing to the world through the land, through good food. And um, yes, still give money. People, we are still, we're still on a transitional period. Okay. All, 
you know, give your offerings and help people out um, and give to ministries that are doing a good work. We need to be helping one another. But we're trying to bring you, it, it, we're, we're all stuck somewhere, okay? And definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. I truly believe that when we grab onto God wants us to, God wants to bless us through growing food. And then he wants us to be a blessing to others and help others. And, and if all these churches, and, and here's the good news, some churches are starting to pick this up. But if you realize there's a blessing behind it, you might pick it up even quicker or more. And think about this party that we're talking about. I'm so excited about this party, right? Mm -hmm. So when I grow something, and especially when we harvest our meat, I got to tell you, that's to me, I mean, when we have a freezer full of meat and somebody comes over and we inevitably send them home with meat, it's just, it's part of who we are. We've always done this, okay? When I give that to them, there are several things at play there. I am just like crazy excited to share with them what, what we have, right? And it hurts a little. It does because that's very precious to me. So it's a different kind of giving than me doing my day job that has money and then I hand it to somebody because there's a physiological thing that it's, I am tied to that animal because I raised animal. it. I butchered it, I packaged it, and now I'm going to give that to you? Like, there's, uh, listen, guys, there's something deeper here that Corey's got that's, I'm telling you, when you do the money giving, it's kind of cheap. Yeah. So somebody says, I'm growing elderberries this year, planning on giving to people for the cold flu season next winter. Love it. Yeah. And so let me give a practical example, all right? Because, look, there's spiritual laws in existence. The, the demon worshipers, the witches, that's what they're doing. They're practicing spiritual laws that the demons taught them. So, look, I'm not saying this is some legalistic thing. I'm saying that God said, put me to the test in this, and this will happen. So when we do this, we say, all right, God, instead of, like, just giving, okay, I did my part, God. No, hey, Father, <laughs> I, I thank you for this animal. I thank you for the life of this animal. We butchered it. We got it prepared we're here we're celebrating in your name we're grateful and, and you said that you would do this for the land we're here to collect that also <laughs> right or however you say it god's right. not mad when you believe his promises people say oh i couldn't talk to that god like that dude if my if i make a promise to my son dad what do you think that uh i'm here to collect on that promise you promise right i'm not gonna get mad at him i promised the thing yeah right you see so it's okay to people say, you oh, I don't need, need anything from God. You do. Your nation needs it. Yeah. Sorry, We what? need to claim it. We need to claim this. We have somebody else in the chat and says, my friend catches and gives me fresh fish already cleaned. I give her canned garden produce. I'm going to share this episode with her. That's awesome. Yeah, you guys get together. Try Watch. Get together with that. Sit down together. You could break bread together, have a little drink, whatever. And, and that's the other thing, the, the supper with God. That's a celebration too, by the way. And so just supper, yeah. celebrate, hang out with Jesus and, and the Father and say, all right, Father, we just want to acknowledge you and thank you that you gave us this to enjoy. Like you created this for us to enjoy. That's really his heart is he wants us to realize how much he cares about us through what he created for us. Say thank you and say, all right, Father, and, you know, for the, the sake of, of the nation, would you 
rebuke the devourer? Would you allow our crops to be more bountiful? Would you remove the sorcerers? Would you remove the tyrants mm -hmm. off our nation and heal our air, heal our land? We thank you for this opportunity. And watch what happens. One person can shake that. And after you do this, guess what? You're walking around with a different vibe, okay? You You're walking are. around with something different going on than the person who doesn't honor God and reverence God. Test me in this. I'm going to open heaven over you, windows of heaven, okay? So imagine walking around with windows of heaven going on, all right? Not everybody's got that going on. Yeah. And people that from the outside, they say, oh, God's really given you this blessing of abundance. The new age people, they say, oh, you have the, the abundance vibe or whatever. But God wants to give, he wants to transition us out of a debt-based world into an abundance-based world. And wow. this is a key to do it. This, this is, is our key. Yeah, this is exactly, this is, this is what God has been putting on our hearts for a long time. And it's just now these pieces are coming together. Um, Isaiah 41.10 says, Since this series teaching began, I now see I've been thinking wrong and how we need to change our mindset. Minkles responds, uh, That's for sure. I was halfway to the kingdom. This just helped me shed a few old ways and adapt some new ones. I love that. Okay. And I want to say one other thing. So you may be sitting in your house right now like, I'm not growing anything. I don't have a farm. Right. I, don't, I don't butcher animals. What do I do? Right. Well, he gave an example. He said, you know, take what you have, convert it into food. Mm -hmm. Like take some money, convert it into food. Because he is, I know it sounds silly, right? So people are like, oh, why does God care about food so much? He cares about making sure everybody's fed. All right? right. He really cares about that a lot. All right. And imagine being a father, like my little dogs, I knew were hungry today because I took long, longer than expected. I was like, honey, I got to get home. These dogs are hungry. I got to get, and so I got them some extra food. Like God... It's annoying and it's hurts your heart to know that somebody under your dominion is hungry as a father, as a farmer. You don't want anyone hungry. Right. And so God doesn't want anyone hungry. All right. It's a big deal. <laughs> um, so, yeah, let, let me let me tell you what you can do. You can turn. You may not have a bodega at your church. You may not have a storehouse anywhere around you. Well, that's a good sign that you can start one and you can start one with yourself. When I got this revelation, I didn't know anybody else that had a bodega, okay? And I said, well, God, I got an extra room back there. I said, I anoint this room as a bodega. I said, I'm a, I don't understand this all the way, but I'm going to go into business with you, God, and, and learn how to distribute food and, and help those in need. And I've been learning. I'm not perfect at it. Guys, I don't practice this perfect. I know I have it, and I want to say that to you. But God still sees me trying. You know, if my son doesn't do something perfect, but I see, like, if he likes to make a mess, he does homeschooling, sometimes he throws his pencil. I'm like, why are you just throwing stuff on the ground? Like, but if I go home and I see that he's tried and there's just one or two things on the ground, dude, I'm excited. I'm going to bless him. He's going to get to watch a movie or whatever if I see him trying. Jesus said, he who hears my words and puts them into practice. He didn't say he who hears my words and does it perfect is the wise man who builds house on a rock. It's a practice, but this practice has promises right. that free nations. Yeah. good. And so yeah. you can do that. But the thing is, don't just have a bodega and store up. Like, figure out where the needs are and do that because then you're going to learn to reverence God. Mm -hmm. And you're going to learn the power of feeding someone. How You can literally bring people to Christ through bringing them a plate of food. And you may not know, there's been so many times where pastor... 
Like I deliver the food to him a lot of times mm -hmm. because he knows the community and he'll go. I say, give it to whoever you think need. I said, feed the church and then everything extra, whoever you think needs it, give it to them. And I hear testimonies of people coming to Christ, um, people that didn't have any food at all. They were praying for food. And then we show up with a, a, a bag of food for them. And so you never know what people are going through. And uh, it opens up this window of heaven where you can help more. No, that's, I want, I want to read some comments and then I want to, there's one comment in here. I'm, I'm curious to see if you've incorporated this into your message, Corey. Um, Minkles says, my carrots came up. Here's hoping they grow down as well as up. LOL, carrots can be difficult. Um, KJL says, thank you, Leah, Michelle, PG, Corey, Jason, and Serge for these weekly blessings. I cannot express how much you have helped me in the last few months. I will share details on how and why soon. Isaiah 4110 uh, says, I watched a video on how to harvest carrot seeds, so I will give some away. Always have some to grow. Patriot Gallery says, Proverbs 12, 11, whoever works his land will have plenty of bread, but he who follows worthless pursuits lacks sense. A hard worker has plenty of food. Oh, that's, and then a uh, but a person who chases fantasies has no sense. I think there's two different translations there. But Minkles says this, loaves and fishes. So here we are. Most people yep. view the feeding of the five and the, it was it three or two, a uh, thousand, the two different miracles there as just God showing the miracle of what he could do. But mm -hmm. they don't ever focus on really the fact that Jesus was feeding these people. And he was giving thanks. He was having a little mini celebration to right? activate the principle. Yeah, to activate the principle. You know, we did, you know, this is kind of um, a work in progress. that We've gotten this message years ago. And um, my mom was reading in the Old Testament and she just got this. She was like, I think we're supposed to eat the tithe. And we were all kind of like, what does uh... that mean? Because I tithe my whole life, tithes and offerings. My mom gave like way more than anybody I know percentage wise to the church and all this stuff Well, as and a single mom even in youth group this goes back before she even got that revelation every week in youth group um we would all go out to Burger King now y'all may say that's not as organic as you guys are talking about but that's what we did we went out to Burger King and my mom as a single mom saw all these other kids and we our youth group was kind of full of like poor kids and they all knew Jeannie I just told Patriot Gallery's name was going to provide they all came to like for years. They just waited she in did line this. And just she's waited just buying and everybody's she just paid. I don't even know. Back then, it was probably a lot of money. And again, my mom's a single mom. We didn't make a lot of money anyway. But, but she my mom sure was just make sure that food. everybody had food that yep. that needed the that food. That was something. And then it was also she had this idea because my mom's grasped onto this way in advance. And um, we got an inheritance. And it was like ten thousand dollars, and that was a lot back then. And back in the olden days. And uh, she's like, we're going to take a tenth of it. We're going to tithe it. And this is what we're going to do. Um, the church where we went to church with, with Surge 20 some odd years ago did something. And they still do it. It's called the Nightmare where they. It's a very large production. Over during the whole month of Halloween, instead of doing a, a, a horror house, they show all the different ways of teenage death. And, and then they five present. Major five major of ways death. of causes of like death. A car teenagers. wreck and suicide and all these different things. And there's like a hell room. And then there's Jesus on the cross at the end. And then they present salvation. And thousands of people through. come to know Oh, it's, Jesus. it's huge. Non-Christians come through it. It's a really big deal. And we were in charge of the food for the workers there, like the volunteers. And it was, it was just like 
trail mix that the church provided. Yeah. And the people would come, they'd come here at three o'clock and they'd, they'd come straight it. from work, hadn't eaten all day long. And they'd leave at midnight. And my mom said, we're going to make food for, th- for these people, two, 300 people, three nights a week. Okay. We live in an apartment. How is this going to work? And it was just amazing. God gave us all these different things on sale. Like carrots and beef and potatoes. And we made these like shish kebabs. We made and pot roast. I mean, we made all kinds of different things. All like these sandwiches. And, and basically that's what we did with our ties. We fed all these people and they were so grateful for food. And so Lee and I got to go around like delivering it before the actual production would take place. And honestly, at the beginning when like my mom had this idea, I was kind of embarrassed. I was like, mom. I was too. Are people going to really want this? And I'll be honest, our pastor was a little bit weirded out by, like, we told him this is our tithe. And they're all kind of like, well, you could just, they literally said to us, you could just give it to the church. And next, and the next, (laughs) and and the next year, the church fed people. They took on (laughs) what we were doing. But I have to tell you, we were blessed because of that. And, you know, we've kind of had this idea of eat your tithe for a long time and eat it and, and. Um, you know, once a month we would do something. Is there, there's a lot into that. You guys can research it and just pray about it. You know, take if you if we would um, consider. We took um, a couple young men to Plymouth from Teen Challenge, and we considered that a tithe and a tithe for that year because it was definitely a lot of money. And um, we went and we took these young men to learn about the Christian founding of this nation, and. Um, you know, go and, and take your things and exchange it for silver and go where the Lord tells you to go. There's something very interesting about that. Going where the Lord tells you to go. Where the Lord is. Where the Lord. And it's like, there's a, you could take people for a vacation, feed people. There's a lot of different ways that, that this can go. And if you're led by the Holy Spirit, you will manifest God's presence in the land. And This, that, that's the essence of where we're trying to get to is manifesting God's presence in the land and recognizing that these land promises to to bless the fruit of your womb, you got, most of you are grasping this, grasping this idea. Uh, You're ahead of the curve. And when you start to just, to, to work with God and work with his system, as what Corey has, um, you know, put out here, I think, um, there's really, when we grasp this, this, this whole land promises thing with 80, 70 in his kingdom, I don't think we can be stopped. Look out. Corey, did you no. have more to keep going? A little bit. I'll just, just touch on a few things real fast to kind of summarize. So what we're talking about here is the fact that we have the ability to set creation free from its bondage to corruption. Okay, and we haven't figured out how to do that yet, but this is the this is the key, guys. This is the starting point. This is where they left off, where they never figured it out. If you read, uh, I think it's Nehemiah 10, when they were praying to God as a nation to forgive them, they were praying that they would no longer neglect the house of God, the the widow, the orphan. They would begin to bring their harvest into the storehouse. They're like, we're going to do that. They knew they were not doing that. Um, And so God says in Malachi 3, he said, the whole nation is under a curse because they don't understand this. And it says that Jesus was going to come and refine them until they understood how to do this one thing correctly. 
right? And once they understood that, then all these things would begin to take place. And all those things, if you read them, it's a complete victory. If you got witches rebuked, if you got your land healed, all nations calling you happy, you can't really get much better than that, right? Amen. And plus, all the blessings from Deuteronomy 28, you can go ahead and include those because you're following his ordinance, his statutes that they couldn't follow. Um, so I was just going to say also in Proverbs, if you read Proverbs 3, 9, it says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, the first fruit of all your crops, mm -hmm. then your barns will be filled to overflowing. Mm -hmm. And your vats will brim over with new wine. So, I mean, even Solomon knew how this functioned. Um, David knew how this functioned. And, you know, we're not, it's not that it's just a land promise. It's the promise, the blessing of Abraham. It's this frequency, this harmony that we're supposed to, this reconciliation we're supposed to have when we come into Christ. We're not supposed to be halfway reconciled. We're supposed to be all the way reconciled. And the thing why most people have had, okay, I, I remember what I was going to say, I have two things. So the reason why the tithe hasn't worked for most people is because we're, we're using the tithe as money, which money, paper money, is a game that God didn't create us to play. Hmm. You I see? Think so, gonna steal that one. <laughs> It, yeah, it's it, that's what he told me. He's like, it's a game I didn't create you all to play. And so, it, yeah, he wants to bless us. But if he just keeps blessing us in some other game that isn't the game, like I saw this prophet. He's actually a prophet. Awesome, dude. But they've made the climax. He said this. He said, he said, you need to get your faith to the level to where when you say money cometh, it cometh. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, you guys even <laughs> see that. I'm like, that... That is not the climax. That is not where we should try to get to. We should get to where we declare earth be free, be blessed, tyrants get off my land, and they be removed and cast into the sea. But you got backing behind what you say because you're practicing what God says to practice, the if. Corey, we, I have, I have a, that was fire. I have a confession that was fire. to make. Oh, I've said it. What? So we, I went, we, uh, I went to Rama. Yeah. back in the day and i went with a friend of mine we drove out to california to be part of her church's ministry and we went to the believers voice of victory jesse duplantis kenneth copeland it was a huge you might conference. know who i am talking about then, and maybe. we and he he preached this whole big thing and i tied as much as money as i had i, I tied off <laughs> it wasn't I, a tie i can't even tell you how much i've given to jesse duplantis i had no money as a, i mean i I can't even tell you how much I gave to these people. Okay? All of it. All well, they, of it. they believe it's money. I, I, I really think they do. So, so we would go through, we drive, we're driving down up and down the four, whatever in, in California. And we are yelling money coming <laughs> to <laughs> me. Oh, we yelled it. Oh, we yep. yelled it. Corey Gray. Yep. Okay. Yep. But, but I will tell you this. <laughs> I never felt it. It yeah. never clicked in my spirit. But you do it because somebody was telling you to do it. And when I grasped onto the gardening and I grasped, grasped onto God's principles in Deuteronomy 8 and 28, and how God wanted to bless organic, just like Jason was saying, and that, you know, this computer can't create another computer, but 
you know, my piglets can have more piglets and my plants can have more, you know, my tomatoes my can have more tomatoes. can have more bees. I realized that that mm. is the multiplication that God wants us to have. And yeah, you can take those things and you can and should transfer those on into a monetary system because I may have bees and you may have apples and we may not come to an agreement of how many bees you need for your apples. So money is just a, a means of exchange. Okay. Um, of the produce and the abundance that God has for us. And so we have it inverted. We take the money and go buy the things when the, the things and the blessings are supposed to give us the money to just exchange. So I told, I was getting ready to pray and for it this, should be gold this and bodega that, you know, cause Corey's got us all on this bodega thing. And I was asking, God literally spoke to me. He said, I want you to ask me for this. And so I started out to say, okay, God, I need 40,000. And he literally cut me off. And he was like, yeah. you need what? Yeah, don't and ask money. He's, I, he's like, I thing. didn't ask you to ask me for money. I almost like, why did you, why would you ever do that? We always come. We, we always, always ask God, ask I need thing. a monetary. No, no, we always no, ask No, I mean, but it's, it's just in us. I'm like, money. I'm thinking I can do this in my power yeah, if yeah. I have X yeah. amount of dollars. And God's like, but I didn't ask you to ask me for money. I asked you to ask me for a bodega and a barn. And I was like, it just, it hit me. And so I stopped right there. Full stop. Because I think, you know, the scripture that says you have not because you ask not. And when you do ask, you're asking amiss. A lot of times, guys, we're we're not receiving what God wants to give us, even though we know what he wants to give us. And we're instead of asking for the thing we know he wants to give us, we're asking for money. So I will say this, because a lot of us feel and, and maybe we can all do a, a roundup of our last words here. Um, a lot of us feel that something crazy is coming down the road, that systems are going to crash. And mm -hmm. I have friends who message me and they're worried and they're fearful. Mm. I will, I, I'm going to tell you guys something. God has to crash these systems. Yep. And it's a good thing when they crash because then you're going to get your land. Because right now this land is locked. It's locked up. A Gates, Bill Gates has, is the, is the largest landowner in America. The Chinese own a lot of land. Did you know that 80% of the land out West is Federal. Federal land. That all has to be and unlocked. And it's unconstitutional for the government to own any land outside of capitals like D All of it has to be unlocked. You know, the Bible says that God sets boundaries. Mm. And if God has land for the Israelites, do you know that God divided up or told Moses to divide the land up by tribe? And then by individual family, God cared about every individual family and they were supposed to guard those ancient landmarks. That's what it means don't to restore those don't, ancient markers. If something isn't yours, and I will tell you guys, a lot of you guys are going out there and you're just randomly buying property. That may not be your property. Okay. You need to go to God and ask him, where is my inheritance? I am now a child of God, a descendant of Abraham. The whole earth is now divided up. If there are people, if there are, you know, Amalekites, Moabites on my land, God, help me to get them off the land. Yep. Show me how to get my inheritance. Show me what to do. We've started calling in deeds. That's one thing. That instead of money in, cometh, we literally will all drive have, down the road. And I'm like, my for my all land of my comes, viewers, my deeds come. Yep. These systems, they're locked. Okay, 
and a lot of you, some of you were bursting forth and some of you were able to get some of your land. But right now, there it's it, the systems and the, God is shaking the systems because, and he will sh continue to shake and break those systems as we activate in our faith these promises. The promises, have you ever seen a movie where somebody pushes like through the wall and all the cr things start crumbling down? You know, you're in a big cave, Indiana Jones or something. Okay. Well, it does, it, nothing ever started to move until Indiana Jones put his hand in the wall. Okay. The systems are in place because we're not activating our faith. And when, and when we go to church and even the charismatic church and the name it, claim it, we are taking these principles and, and we're pushing them. on the wall where it's not the thing. And, and we're just like, it's going to work. It's going to work. It says it's going to work. And it's over here. And the devil and the enemy doesn't want you over here. Doesn't want you to tear down the systems and the high places. Okay. They don't need to be there. They have no right to be there. Your land is your land. Your yep. property is your property. You have a family inheritance. Mm. As soon as you come into the kingdom of God, you have a family inheritance. You have land promises. Land is yours. I don't know how much it is. Each person, it's going to be different. You need to use wisdom. You need to pray to God, but you need to know it's yours. That's the whole essence of this episode. We said yes. all of this. To say the promises of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are yours. The land promises are yours. And when you enter into that land, you're going to give a tenth of all your surplus. But you can begin to activate it. Do it now by faith. Take steps of faith and say, I'm going to feed people, God. Because right now, I am in bondage. I need to be delivered. I'm getting up. I'm doing my, my nine to five and I'm, I'm, I'm living in the suburbs and I don't have money to move to the city. And if I do, I don't know where my job's going to do all that stuff. I get it. But that does not, that's not holding you back. God, God is, is omniscient, all powerful. He has land for you, but you won't know to ask. You have not because you ask not. And when you ask, you ask amiss to pursue it upon your own lust and desires. Correct. If yeah. he said, Jesus says, until now you have asked me nothing. Now ask. Ask for the land. Now that you believe it, say, but like I said, read Deuteronomy 8. Read Deuteronomy 28. Read Malachi 3. And say, God, this, I get this. I get it now. Bring down the system. Break down the system. I'm, I'm held in bondage to this world system, but you have set me free. And that's the message of the kingdom. The message of the kingdom is you're set free from the world. You're set free from the world system. That's why Jesus said the people in the world, they toil. It, you know, uh, be of good cheer for I've overcome this world. Um, what does he say when um, the lilies of the field? Um, they toil and they, they spin. To they don't toil or spin. Or they don't, yeah. They don't toil or spin. God knows that you would need food. He knows that you need clothing. You need to go to him and begin to, and just say, I, I want to be in this kingdom now. I know it's going to feel weird because you're taught like I was that land promises are for Israel and you're going to, maybe some of you are going to be like me. You're going to tiptoe. Can I have the land? Is that for me? Yes, it's for you. He wants you to ask. He wants you to enter the kingdom. He wants you to be heirs. He wants you to reign as king and priest. He wants you to manifest God. And our founding fathers understood this. 
the Puritans believed that they were ushering the New Jerusalem, so they already were like, New Jerusalem right here, we're setting it up, we're gonna, God's gonna bless this land, okay? The pilgrims understood that God, they needed God to bless the land. This is not a new thing, but it's new to this generation because we've been pulled away from the real promises of God and been given a fake promises of God. You know, there you can have hamburgers are great. If you make your wheat, if you make your own grow, grind your own wheat, grow your own cow, make your own mayonnaise, grow your own lettuce, hamburgers are a health food. You go to McDonald's has 17 ingredients in their french fries. Going to kill you. Okay? So God wants you to right now we're all living off of McDonald's with our tithes and our offerings and the way we do church. But God has this way of doing life that is good for your body. It's good for your soul. It's good for your marriage. Okay. Women realize they need men. Men realize they need women. That things balance out. There's no women submit. It's like, Hey, I need you. Hey, I need you. Let's do this thing in God together. It's, it's a balancing system. God wants you to be blessed. He wants you to be, um, Blessed in the fruit of your womb and in the marketplace and all that stuff. And is that your final thought? That's my final thought. So mine's really short and simple. And then I'll toss it to Corey to finish this off. Um, and it segues right into what you were just saying. You know, throughout history and in, even in, in modern days, there's one part of this that the church is really good at believing God for in these promises. If somebody is barren in the church, we are really, really good at praying, praying in babies really good. And people actually understand that concept of asking God to bless your yep. womb. Now I have a whole teaching on why a lot of people are barren and, and contraceptives and I don't believe in them at all. I believe that if you're going to believe God for, you know, life and death are in the power of, in the hands of God, not just death. Life is too. So we ought to give that over to God. And I think that a lot of times people's life blessings are stopped up because they're trying to control how many kids they should have when God wants to be in charge of that. However, that's a whole nother teaching. But what I do want to focus on is that many people, when they read Deuteronomy 28, like people that are open to having more kids, they, they're happy to have God bless their womb. But they still stop. Like, for some reason, it's like, yes, God will bless our wombs and we'll believe God for that. But because we've never raised an animal, because we've never planted a seed, because we don't know anything about the organic, we miss that. And I think that the equivalent of believing God for, for cash money, and don't get me wrong, God will use cash money in your life. He has in ours. Um, but believing God for that instead of the thing is kind of like, you know having not being able to have a kid and just instead of praying for the child say really just god bless me with really good fertility treatments mm -hmm. like you wouldn't be believing for the fertility treatment you're just mm -hmm. believing for the child maybe god will use fertility treatments i don't believe in them but maybe he uses them for you whatever right but like you're you wouldn't be asking god please give me good fertility treatments please no you just be saying please bless my womb allow me to conceive and so instead of asking him for cash money we need to be asking him for the thing the organic thing and so i hope that that kind of blesses some of you that are like yeah actually i can believe god to bless my womb so then of course i should be believing him if god dropped a cow off at your doorstep and we say this all the time what would you do mm -hmm. What would you do? That's uh, so that's so awesome. You guys did a great job summarizing. And the thing about it is, if all you do is hear this and you're like, "This is awesome," it, it's not good enough. You have to put this into practice. And that's the main thing. The main problem I see in Christianity is they hear so much, they get the revelation, sounds awesome, 
but they fall away, right? Mm -hmm. And and just practice something you heard tonight, if it resonated with you, and watch what God does, right? See, I'm happy. I feel full of joy right now that, that people are catching this because I was like, man, God, am I going to have to move to America and practice this in America to help? I just got <laughs> seeing this stuff here. And he said, no, teach them what you're doing. And so if you guys start practicing this, I'm full of joy. But you got to try something, right? And God is our boss. He's our jefe. Um, Jesus is our high priest. Like jefe means boss in Spanish. I know, so. I know. It's great. Just the American connotation there. It's just maybe giggle. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> so he, he's not like our mob boss, um, but he's our, our father, our business partner, if you will. And, and so talk to him about how to do this, how to help feed people and and be prepared. I, I didn't talk about that point yet, but position yourself for when the windows open. Because, you know, Michelle's talking about all these bees increase. You don't know what to do with it yet. Right. It, that's what it says will happen. You won't have room for it. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, this happened to me, like, I think it was a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago. A lady called me and she goes, Corey, we want to get rid of all our sheep. I think, I think she said we have 90 of them. She said, can you take them? I was like, and I had to say no, unfortunately, oh, because wow. I was having problems because I had like, I have like eight lines of fence crossed and they're still going and I have people planting and they're trying to run across, eat stuff. I was like, dang it. I can't <laughs> take them right now. So I called her back though the other day. I'm like, you still got that? Those, um, and she said, I'll let you know if we, if we still got something to get rid of, but it was so big that I couldn't contain it. And yeah. so be prepared because, and that's the thing about positioning yourself to steward great things, big things, right? Because that's what he will do. He is a big God and it's a little thing for him to give you a $40,000 boda. It's a little thing for him. He said it was a little thing for him to call the Lord as salvation to the nations, Isaiah 49. It's a little thing to him. These things are so little that we're asking God for. They're so little to him. Right. He just wants to make sure that we are pivoted, positioned correctly so that we can move forward and not destroy ourselves. Um, because if we have a mess and we're getting blessed in a mess, it, it's not going to work. Position yourself. The blessing comes to those who, who really prepare and clean their life for it. That's so good. I just will sum up with a few uh, comments here. Um, reading in first Kings now about Solomon dedicating the temple. They had a feast. Look at how many animals were sacrificed. No way. God wanted that, uh, wasted. Um, Minkle says, I'm very blessed by this evening's teaching. This one was not hard to hear. Some of the early teachings were difficult truths. <laughs> um, my mom says the land is not for companies, corporations, or governments, but for the individual, uh, people in person to provide for himself. Um, and some uh, Minkle says, I bless my plant plants when I tend them. I pray for my garden. So uh, I'm so glad that you guys were able to join us tonight. Thank you, Corey. Um, this one yep. was on my heart. I think it, this will help some of the other further teachings. Um, I'm read one more comment swallowed here well. from Michael. It says, when I stopped giving the tithes to ministers and started abundantly giving to truly needy people, my financial <laughs> life multiplied greatly. We caught on to that very early on. We started just giving to people when we were still just giving money in addition to, to food and things. Um, I, I, I found the same thing. Well, because God's heart is to take care of the fatherless and the widow, pure religion and undefiled is to take care of the fatherless and the widow, to take care yep. of 
honestly, that's one day I want to do a whole big topic on, uh, on how amazing men are, why God, you know, made men and women differently because men protect, they provide, men are awesome. they build, they hunt. And especially pre industrial revolution, if you didn't have a man, you died. <laughs> you did, you know, it was very hard to survive. That's why women were married off. That's why, um, you know, it would say in the Bible, it says that one woman would let seven women would lay, lay hold of one man. Just, just take care of me. Just protect me. Just provide for me. Um, and recognizing that we, it's our job as the church to take care of those in need. People who don't have kids, kids, single parent homes, widows, things like that. So Corey, I do have one more question to ask you on mm -hmm. this message. And we haven't had a chance to talk about this. And someone had put it in the chat earlier and I think that I know what the answer is, but I am curious and open to what yours is. You know, um, we have some friends that are redoing their finances. They're in the red. And I, I hope I'm okay in saying this. I can I'll just say it's someone I know. Um, and their financial advisor that just sat down was like, so you've got this big hunk of tithe that you're giving, this mm -hmm. money. And um, you're in extreme amount you're of debt. In, you're in debt. You, you're not making it every month, but you're giving this mm -hmm. money away. Cash money. And so I was encouraging this person. I was like, listen, the Bible says, and I'm going to send them your message on the tithe, the one that you, the, the whole package. And by the way, guys, I'm going to make sure that that's in um, the, on resistancechicks.com on today's show. Because Lori, we will have Lori that lays message, it out really well. In, in real detail. In just and one I, hour. I want if you all wanna, of you guys to watch that. If you want to share it with your friends or family. Share you, that one. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, bring your Bible because I thought I was sharing the screen with each scripture, it, but I left okay. it on the same one. I got it. No, get people it. bring their Bible and some okay. notes. But anyway, I was like, listen, first of all, God tells us to give out of our abundance. And we see that throughout Old Testament scripture. Second of all, you're supposed to be giving your food. Um, and these people do um, have animals and, and grow a big garden and stuff like that. And third of all, when it, I want to go back to being giving out of your abundance. Sometimes we are blessed in our lives to be able to be a blessing to other people physically, right? Like whether it's your trade or maybe you can minister to the elderly, you can give of your time, maybe you can make them a loaf of bread, all of these things. And I, and I was like, listen, that's your blessing. Like you are blessed in an, in an area where you're already giving abundantly to people. So let's take a situation where maybe somebody, they don't even have a garden. They don't have any money to buy anybody any food, but they've got time and they've got talents. Would you then say, start there with your tithe? Yeah. So here's what I would say. Um, I would say, pray and ask God to bless you in something so that you can begin this mm, I love um, that. yeah and ask him because he won't he will test you you know like any businessman if somebody says hey Corey, i want to work for you i'm going to test him to see if he's gonna do a good job or steal or do something sneaky like and so ask him he gives seed to the sower that's and that's so one good. thing the devil yeah, hates the devil hates when i say that i've had people devils manifest when i said that he God, gives seed to the sower. Yeah, I get. I did a teaching on ask God for seed because he gives one. seed to the sower. I'm writing that down. So just ask him and he's going to do it. And then when you get it, just uh, celebrate and, and talk to him, thank him, worship him, praise him, reverence him, and then figure out what to do with it. Ask him. 
Um, but you can use your time and, and help people understand this, guys. Because look, there is a famine going on already. We don't have to say it's coming. It's already. Look at yeah. the food. What are we eating? 100%. What What is in America, anyways? I go there and I. I don't know what to eat. I'm going to be honest. I don't know. I go, I get bananas, all this stuff. So it's already a famine. And if we start putting bodegas all over and we start filling them and helping, we can mitigate this deal in a major way. And God can bless our food and multiply our food. We've seen food multiplication miracles when we've done this. I took one animal and it fed 50 people. And then he gave out a hundred other portions, one sheep. A hundred other portions to a hundred other families. And he's like, dude, a miracle happened. And I thought we ate the whole thing the day we we celebrated. And but then he told me he gave out a hundred more portions. So we gotta be able to see clearly and not be super religious, super weird. And we have to say, okay, there's a problem right now. God has a solution. People say, Well, 10%, God doesn't care. Look, God, Jesus said, I'm about my father's business. Okay, 10% doesn't have to be religious. It can just be a good idea. It can just be a business structure, a, a, a framework to make sure we have a supply, all right, for if and when people are in need. So No, that's uh, good. Scott Kesterson has been asking people to do that, build community, sorp things up. Um, Isaiah uh, 4110 says, I sprouted alfalfa and gave them to the person who gave me fresh eggs. I think her chickens liked it. And my mom says, America is our promised land. God inspired man with his Holy Spirit to create America. John Quincy Adams said, God brought forth a nation in one day to fulfill his promise in a July 4th speech. Um, and I think we're in a turning point where it's not, it's not just going to be America that people are going to see that we're, is founded by God. It's We want, and God wants every nation to have this blessing. And when you see how far the gospel is spreading to where Nicaragua has businesses like all named after something all named after Christian. look at how the kingdom is spreading. Okay, guys, the devil is not winning. Give don't give place to the devil. Okay, so Corey Gray, I want you to end us in prayer and now listen. All y'all don't need to go to Nicaragua even though we all want to now cuz Corey made us all jealous. If you've seen the pictures of the food that he about. eats and stuff, and <laughs> and they don't way of life like all they of don't it have is GMOs. So appealing. It's yeah. I'm guessing you don't have any laws against keeping animals in the city, do you? No. See, that's very appealing. Not that I know of. It's just kind of a respect thing, like you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But on the other hand, you can't really get into these houses. We all build like fortresses. We, yeah, like cinder block. block. Like you literally have like cinder block. Cinder block, and then we build like perimeters with cactuses. You can't really get an animal through most houses. You're oh, crazy. Oh my gosh. No, I'll awesome. send you a picture. Of one of no, he keeps sending us these pictures, and I'm just like, it's like he lives in like Freedom Land. It's yeah. it very so. We just need to manifest that here in the United States, and our founding fathers already started it. We just got off the wrong track. We got to get back on track. And just remember this. It's it's a little thing for God to flip the switch. It's a little mm -hmm. thing. Amen. He, he promised, it. Jesus, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. God promised to crush our enemies. Mm -hmm. to get, he, he appointed the times and seasons and places you will live. He marked it out already. If there's giants there, he's going to get them out. But you got to 
learn how to reverence him and honor him in, in the land. We're supposed to get back to the land. You know, we weren't supposed to be disconnected. Amen. And you were also saying final thing here, because I forgot to add this, that this will also help heal our governments too. It'll break tyranny off. There's the, I mean, there's so many more promises, guys. Isaiah 54 says, tyranny will be far from you and righteousness you'll be established. No weapon formed against you will prosper. The, pe the people aren't believing the promises the right way. You got to, just pretend you're a four-year-old kid with a dad that gave you a big old promise and make it happen. God, you, you know, I don't know. Like you, you just got to approach God without fear. Sin fana. That, that means without fear, without shyness and, and say, I want this promise. We need it. Get it, get rid of the tyrants. And if they come after you, guess what? They flee in seven directions. You got to believe that one too. Yep. That's so good. All right. You want to end us in prayer? Corey Greg? Okay. Father God, we love you. We bless you. We thank you. I just pray that you would teach everyone specifically in their heart what they need to know right now so that we can turn this thing around and, and see your blessing in all the nations. Every nation that hears this, I just speak blessing over your land, freedom over your land, freedom over your lives, over your families, over your businesses, over your minds. Father, I pray peace and joy in your kingdom will come in their area. And also I pray that you will crush all tyrants, Amen. remove them. And, and I pray that healthy food would begin to spring up Amen. everywhere. There would be an abundance of harvest this year throughout the earth. I ask for abundance of harvest come on. throughout the earth this year. And I speak organic seeds be multiplied, multiply seeds, everyone. Organic seeds, multiply them in abundance. And we cut off all these fake seeds, these fake foods. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So if you guys start doing this tithe, we're going to break the curse. We're going to break the tyranny. We're going to take back our the land. Food, we're the gonna land. We're going to take back the food. Everything is going to shift. And that is the message that Corey got. And I want you guys to all go and watch it, it in its entirety because we just kind of like picked in and in, in, picked at, at Corey's brain here on this but did not get to the fullness of that message so I want to encourage you guys to go and watch that too so Corey Gray thanks for being on um are we doing Daniel's 70 weeks are we going to get into that I'm not sure what we're going to do next week sweet surprise to me too surprise and I don't know if Serge might come back we didn't we didn't actually finish Matthew 25 we didn't no it felt like no we did not oh, we didn't even get to it I don't even think did we no nope. all right mm -mm. well maybe yeah. we'll come back and go back into that we'll see I have no idea, but you're going to be here and uh, you're going to be every on. Every week is a gem of truth that you guys, it's just literally every single week is your mind's going to go boom, 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 boom. You get excited. I have messages all the time. People saying, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I can't wait for Wednesdays. Now, if you're watching this. Message us. Don't be afraid to message us because yes. we, we love to hear feedback. We love the feedback. Even the stuff where you've got questions like, hang on, this Here's doesn't one. make sense. Such such excellent teaching skills. It makes all the difference when explained and discussed using both historical, Josephus, and biblical references. Various Bible versions. So, guys, we're not afraid to use K King James, NIV, Geneva. Uh, this uh, and understanding vocabulary usage, context, and verse. The cultural influences can change the entire meaning. After going back through the videos and reading and researching myself, I concur 100% with all that you're revealing to us. Thank you for all. Thank you all. For this and this incredible news and journey we have to look forward to in our lord jesus christ's earthly kingdom 
Praise Jesus, our glorious King. So good. All right, you're going to be tuning into the Kingdom Roundtable every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central. Um, and every once in a while, Lee and I will be on there. This past week was awesome. So just continue to tune into that. Subscribe to that channel just in case there's something like this and we have to go live on the Kingdom Roundtable instead of ours or whatever. Um, we definitely want these to be melded. So, all right, we love you guys. God loves you. God bless. Remember, it's not just a conspiracy theory if it's actually the truth and we reign as kings and priests today. Amen. All right, bye, guys. Thanks, Corey. Yeah. Oh, my God.